says it's time to rock and roll <laughs> we're here in the dissect podcast studio this evening i'm somewhat elated and we'll get into that later but uh my name is mark <laughs> my, my name is michael my name is ian and that would be mr ian seabrook who's here uh and whew, man Ian, i don't know if i would start it off with this story yeah let's do it um well i've got two one to introduce ian seabrook okay because um, I was going to do one as well. You do yours. You go first. <laughs> this Uh-oh. might be. It might be a funny way because it kind of yeah. covers a couple different subjects. Is who is Ian Seabrook? Who is? <laughs> he, so, is he is the dorsal fin. The dorsal, the dorsal fin. that you see right before you see n- n- really not a lot death. more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's the, He's the dorsal fin of death. <laughs> I will always remember you first and foremost. So, uh, we've been on a few jobs together. You're always there. You're always the underwater camera guy you're always interested in everything that's going on but i'll always remember you as the example that rob mcdonald used of people that we shouldn't listen to really yeah because there was this um i think you had some very helpful feedback on the direction of where that place was going at some point Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And you liked a certain feel, and you mentioned something about, I think you wrote it in an email at some point, like, hey, guys, like this. And it was very good feedback. It was just like the style, which you have an eye for, is changing. And that had to do with like this punk rock feeling. And I have i don't think I've ever seen Rob so mad as oh. you criticizing the style and direction. That might have been on Facebook. Book oh, okay. when I was on Facebook, yep. it might have been. It's so possible. I didn't. I would never have, never would have emailed him personally about no, that no, stuff. No. But it must have been like, hey guys, what's the deal with the disco music and the color uh, video? And you know, <laughs> the whole reason that I was attracted to uh, that facility was this, you know the black and white, the stark uh, black and white uh, imagery in the videos and how. Uh, raw they were and the music it was the same music that i listened to and so that's actually how i got introduced to to jim jones in the first place was um searching for it online mm. and not searching for it but i found yeah, it yeah. online really and then here's know. and this is kind of the funny thing is because uh, immediately off of that I, I was just man i like that guy it didn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it really said it straight for me so thank you for that mm. thank you for your Feedback. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> actually, totally we're going uh, to take that. that under advisement, and uh, <laughs> we'll get back to you later. Yeah, after we have a focus group, yeah. and, and uh, you're a guy we don't need to listen to. Yeah. And they, well, and, there and weren't the, the big guy's going to go into the gym bathroom and you know pleasure himself in front of a mirror <laughs> and uh, yeah. make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other story? <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> I, I, oh, oh my. Um, fuck oh we were talking about uh animation claymation right so I, I was a big video production geek when i was actually in high school wait what is uh, it means you spend you, all your time editing film okay like yeah and it's like the old style cut vhs where you're just like <laughs> cutting manually and using the little mixer board that has like dissolving effects or whatever um and me and my cousin my best friend at the time we were in charge of the the newsroom 
in high school. In high school. Fucking awesome. Excellent. So we, we <laughs> produced that show every morning and we got charged with redesigning it. So one day we were into like old school hip hop. We had a band called Fun ABS. Abs. <laughs> yeah, Fun. totally. Fun, Fun abs. abs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it stood. It, no, don't. This is, I'm not joking. Yeah. That, it was always better. Sex Machine was my friend Adam's stage name. Now, I was a DJ. He was an MC. So he rapped technically. And I spun the one turntable that I have. So he couldn't really even mix. <laughs> and it wasn't even a direct drive. So it just mm. kind of slipped on the thing. But we did have a band and we got charged. But with- when you spun it backwards, <laughs> did you hear Satan speaking? <laughs> <laughs> I only wish I was super into that at the time. <laughs> Cookie Monster. We did. Yeah, so we'd exactly. make, vi- make hip hop videos and we have like, I have a bunch of these. Oh, those got to be seen. Those have to be seen. I, okay. ha- I okay. have them. <laughs> and then they were on Super 8s. So we had Super 8s. So we oh, had VHS. Wonderful. We have yeah. a couple. And then um, we would make ninja movies, obviously. Awesome. <laughs> okay. our, our hit. I, our, wait, I, wait, wait. I, hold on. Yeah, our yeah. hit. Our yeah. number one hit, Space Dudes from Hell. That movie was a fucking blockbuster. Space I, Dudes from Hell. Have Does that end... Um, <laughs> With a, like a, a lady kind of underwater with a, with a piano, is that that one? <laughs> Must be a different cut. I mean, I, yeah, okay, that st- might have been the, the studios altered it after. It was yeah, exactly. <laughs> some reshoots. Um, yeah. But then we got into animation because that's a logical progression when you can't film what you want to film, and, and you can Mr. only like. And Mr. Bill was probably somewhat popular at the time. <laughs> yeah, and you yes. can't. You yeah. can only like make a ninja disappear so many times. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> That I, well, it never gets old, but <laughs> you're right. You can only do it so many times. <laughs> so we, mm. uh, you know, we were charged with redesigning the newsroom. And one day we went in there and we decided to do graffiti and tag the place. But we closed the doors and we we're in there for four and a half hours spray painting. Mm. We walked out of there. I believe I've just walked out of a yeah. similar situation. Okay, yeah. So somebody said we walked out with this cloud. And then I had the, I was coughing up blood for about a week after that. And that really set the tone for video production. Mm. But the funny story that I was actually going to mention was the, the, uh, the animation. Cause we're talking about Nick Park was like the best animator at the time, Wallace and Gromit. Yes. And so, uh, arguably my friend was way better at molding clay. So he'd always mold them. And we had this assignment due that we, he would help me with mine. I'd help him with his, his was this fucking elaborate scene. Like he built a scale Walmart, and then he worked at Walmart at the time in the layaway department. So his story was that somebody came into Walmart and started shooting everybody. And that, he, that would never happen. No. no, never. Of course not. Fiction. The sales are too good. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, no, it's because he would be stampeded by other people trying to get into the place before he, you know, could even reload. <laughs> so he has this big elaborate thing where, and it's fucking gory as all. Like it's the most ridiculous out of control. Everybody dies, and then obviously he's the hero because he's working in the layaway department. <laughs> and he comes out with a uh, yeah. with a BB gun. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> smart. I can't remember. I think he turns into a ninja and then whatever. And so disappears. <laughs> some some unfortunate events happen around i think it's aurora something uh, yes it, so, it yeah there, there some unfortunate things have so, happened in aurora colorado it's columbine true. happened well that was not quite aurora that what was, was that, mm. that was aurora a, was the movie theater right correct yeah, yeah. so columbine yeah, it's kind of like uh what do you call it highlands ranch maybe okay somewhere yeah. so columbine happened and we'd been working on this for about six weeks so 
we were like, oh, weird. We didn't miss a beat. We turned in the video the next day and our teacher watched it and he came back and he's like, guys, I'm going to give this back to you. Don't ever show this to anybody. Destroy it. I'll give you an A. And we're like, okay. <laughs> we did, We never. I'll, I'll take the A. <laughs> I'll take the A for a uh, thousand. Yeah. It's like, that's super <laughs> fucked up. I know you didn't. I know that has nothing to do with bad timing, guys. Be smarter than that. So the. the <laughs> oh. No, no, no. We thought it was actually perfect timing because these people aren't real (laughs) totally well so for the longest time like i wanted to be in video productions like i really loved making movies i loved like the whole process i loved i think my uh my niche was making costumes actually interesting funny enough like that was what i was really into is making costumes i made the most elaborate costumes that paid off later so i'd like to (laughs) sort of interject here just uh, (laughs) i've seen a couple of clips lately uh, that our friend Dan Harm made, <laughs> and yes. it appears that Dan is actually quite into uh, the costumes as well, making them Fuck and yeah. like a more elaborate than just about anything I've sort of well certainly come across on Vimeo. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we'll get him in here because yeah, I for no, sure want to talk about. Absolutely, need to get him in here. Yeah, but and this is kind of the interesting thing because I I kind of it's a complex world. Like film is. Mm. infinitely complex and that's what makes it so hard because there's it makes it hard because i can't do everything myself like you can't film you know cut do it's impossible that's what makes it a difficult medium we talked about this dan like how the fuck are you organizing this shit one name Hmm. robert rodriguez okay outlier okay touche (laughs) <laughs> just, that's like, you're like sorry mutant factor ruined the curve yeah, you're like that's usain yeah, bolt okay. uh michael yeah, Phelps. Yeah, yeah okay well, yeah 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 i got it <laughs> Rodriguez. Got it. i'd stand so how, i stand put in my place i mean this feels kind of weird it feels kind of like super formal i don't want to be super formal like you're in the spot but um you've always just kind of been around and been the guy that's good at everything but we like how did you get into this uh speaking of mr bill i did do a mr bill uh, Super 8 film. I don't know where it is, but I did do one and, uh, you know, did the Uno and the whole, you yeah. know, all that shit. So uh, I think it was a film course that I took in the summertime. Um, and, you know, it was. Yeah, that doesn't really sound like a regular season kind of course. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll teach you how to do, uh, you know, stop motion photography, not Ray Harryhausen style because that's too intricate for you little shits for four weeks or yeah. i don't know eight weeks or i don't know how long i can't remember but that's kind of the first time i had my hand on a film camera and i can't remember how old i was but um you know uh film school and always had an interest in it and um before i did film school i um was into photography stills photography um and then specifically underwater stills photography which no one knew anything no one in my circle and there was no internet back then back in the day there was no internet so you know books or you know you just have to basically get in the water or you know on the mountain or whatever your your discipline was and actually just do it and uh and hand you know time in the water time on the mountain time with your hands on the camera uh and doing 
developing in dark rooms, dodging and burning, playing with chemicals, bath time, all like not not you know little kids with rubber ducky bath time, but um, you know <laughs> chemical bath, yeah, develop- stand development. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So you know, and and experimenting with that and. Didn't have the money for uh, a, a proper, proper, but more expensive high-end camera at the time. So it was a second-hand um, Nikon Nikromat, I think it was, and uh, maybe a mm. maybe a Tamron lens because they couldn't afford the Nikon glass. And just got you know, and then went off, went to Australia, went to the South Pacific, traveled around, took took uh, plenty of photographs, and then got in the water and. I still have the first roll of slide film that I took underwater, and most of the reef on the Great Barrier Reef, because it was in Australia, it was was at that point it was decimated anyway, so it was really? mostly bleached coral, um, which would have been late 1980s. So, um, I liked the fact that it what it wasn't easy. You couldn't ask anybody. You had to mm-hmm. figure it out yourself. You could ask. I mean, I suppose if you <laughs> if you lived in San Diego, you could go and whoever, yeah, whoever La Jolla, you, you know, could jump in the water. Whatever the do, whoever. Yeah. There's always probably going to be somebody with a, a Nikonis three or something like that. But it was a rangefinder. There's no it's, no, it's not single lens reflex. So yeah. you're guessing on the framing, you're guessing on the focus, and you were guessing on the exposure. So the only mm-hmm. way to do that is to actually start bracketing or. Or learning how far away distances yeah, are. Yeah, checking and spotting well, develop. Yourself. Yeah, I mean, and then develop a pattern for when you bracket. Like, okay, Correct. when I shoot the thing, I always go what I think the exposure is. Then I go one under, and then I go one over. Correct. Next, I come up on a new scene. I always do what I think it is, and then I go one under, and then I go one over. Just because obviously underwater, you're not taking notes. You're not taking Whereas notes. Like, uh, some people do. The they did do. Uh, do it with slates like they would write on, mm, on their yeah, arm yeah. Oh, okay but but try doing all that one under one over yeah when whatever the subject is is coming at you yeah or it's going to stay there for like <laughs> i think three everybody seconds. visualized a shark yeah uh, just then yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's well, you know, for sure a shark <laughs> fucking dicks <Yeah. laughs> why are they always coming at me why because <laughs> you have a shark whisper reflective shiny thing yeah because yeah. i got that stupid slate i'm writing shit down exactly yeah, exactly but, um, and because i'm nietzsche i'm, I'm into nietzsche. nietzsche i write it in blood and that's why the sharks come <laughs> but at least i remember it <laughs> So you're saying that there's I learned not... it by heart because I wrote it in blood. <laughs> Please okay, go learn sorry. how to shoot underwater photography and Please. then write your notes in blood yeah. while you're in there. Uh, Please, I thank you, lot all less... of you, many of you. Yeah, the Instagrammers would be a lot less of you around if you did that. So there, There's yeah. a common theme. I don't know what it is. Actually, I urge you to start taking underwater photos with your phones. That's right. Yeah, start today. It's probably yeah. hurry easier right yeah it's far easier well i asked you like maybe last year because we were thinking about doing this trip that would be not (laughs) underwater but we'd need to be waterproofed or water heavily water resistant i guess is the technical term so i asked you for like housing recommendations for an a7u shot and it was just like oh there's actually a market yep like there's competitors yep (laughs) yep there's a there's actually a place uh in california uh, that's all they do is sell uh, in Northern California, Berkeley, I think it is. Mm. No, not Berkeley. Mon- Monterey, sorry. I was going to say Berkeley's not for capitalists. It's not really <laughs> yeah. close to the water, but um, yeah. it yeah. is just not public capitalists. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably but, public. Uh, do we say 
socialists would be kind. Right? <laughs> no, and then closet capitalists. Because I don't think so. This is I'm going to fucking Sorry. go off on a tangent really quick. Yeah, letter because I, think, I think this is like it, it literally has to do with kind of you're picking something. Let's look at it from a capitalist point, a free market point of view. I don't want to say capitalist because that determines something specific. But from a free market point of view, you notice that there was this rare trade. And that if you worked really hard, invested your own time and money, you could get good at this trade and possibly offer that to other people? Or it would be worth something because you noticed that the scarcity was a thing? I didn't look at it with that lens. I looked at it that, sorry, I looked at it through the lens of loving it and still wanting to excel and get better at it and get better. But even, just even learn, better. learn more. Yeah, learn e more. Even better. Yeah. Because that way in order to pursue it or to keep doing it, you had to monetize it somehow, but you were, Correct. you did it for the love of. Correct. And then you had to figure out a way to keep loving it. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's the startup model or it should be the startup model for everything. I mean, it's not anymore now. It's, I need funding. I have this idea. <laughs> I have this idea. I don't totally believe in it. So I'd like, but I'd still like to try it. So uh, damn I'd it. like I to do it with Bitcoin before they did Bitcoin. Yeah. I just didn't have funding. I just, yeah, but and and there that was actually a point I was going to make later. But um, about not you know when you, if you don't believe in it, you want to use someone else's money to experiment. Absolutely, so that you don't have the risk. Th this will come up later. It will indeed. So put a bookmark in that because I think this actually I, this is a very encompassing subject. So maybe I'll, I'll take it back. It's not a tangent. Diving right into the heart of the subject, and we are we are on topic. We are for once. hard on topic. <laughs> so I think a lot of people argue that capitalism bad, you know, socialism good because it's fair and it's equal. And I it, like a there's a, I'm not going to argue one way or the other because there is a fine balance there. Like there there has to be some kind of balance. It's not one way is right and one way is wrong. Some people will like he's talking bad about the free market, but the free market is not usually the free market. So we mentioned Berkeley colleges, whatever they're, you know, anti-capitalist. Right. That's true. They, but they have, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a poisoned free market. There's advantages and like for schools who make massive capital and they hide under the banner of nonprofit and they hide under these banners and have uh, price gouging and price fixing and deals with other Ivy league schools. That is not the free market. That is the worst thing you could ever do is you're you're not allowing competition to have there. You're not noticing that there's needs in the market and then filling them with product that's high quality that stands up on its own in front of other high quality right. products. And so that that was my big tangent to go on because people are usually like, oh no, it needs to be fair. Go to Berkeley, look how well it works. I was like, that's the opposite of of you know look deeper into that concept. Yeah, and, and, and so on Tell me how well it works. And most people get kind of weird because on the extreme end of capitalism, it becomes very unfair. As in, they're using their power to then rent seek and switch the lobbying, the laws, so that they can make even further monopolies. Right. And so that's the bad side, the bad spectrum of capitalism is when it comes back around to use legislation to rent seek and then, you know, monopolize opportunities or whatever. And that's what we're dealing with now in, the, in this deal with this Chinese company. It was like a company went out bought exclusive rights so that they can control the market for this thing. And now we have to argue about how much product we can buy in order to get in. And it's just, what are you afraid of competition? Like make a better product or yeah. like do it better. Like be better, do, do things that you love to the utmost. And then you don't have to worry about competition. 
But to quote Gordon Gecko, greed is good. (laughs) (laughs) But but that doesn't keep you from um, producing a better product. Correct. In fact, it should encourage you to do so. Uh, I did see an article posted from Teen Vogue talking about how bad capitalism was. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, completely pro-socialism. Other than having a sickle and hammer. I was starting to read that same article, uh, but then I got distracted by the one right after it that was arguing that Barbie's legs are too long. And, oh. and it's and, and, the, and it's giving people bad ideas, <laughs> and they're having these weird surgeries to try and look like that, and oh, oh just terrible, terrible. Mm. Because because like the leg extension surgery, super fucking painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't I, that I just, where they spread the bone little by little, let it regrow, spread the bone little by little? It could could be. I didn't look into the that's details. what they did. It's a lengthy Gattaca. process so either way. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what they did? they did that in Gattaca, right? Mark's favorite film. <laughs> First one I ever walked out on, actually. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. We were discussing this the other day. Mm-hmm. I, I asked him, I asked Mr. Mark Twain, I said, what's your, what is your, what's the worst film you've ever seen? <laughs> he said Gattaca right out of the bat. Yep. Well, no, no, no. I actually had a question first. It was like, it, it was something. Oh, right, right. Sorry. I, I needed some, a bit more precision with the question. And now I don't mm. remember exactly what that was, but yeah. um but I, I have walked out of a couple of movies in my life, and that was one of them. And, and then uh, History of Violence? Oh. No. Um, yes. Yes. History you, you said The End of Violence, and I yeah. said, oh, the Vim Vendors picture. You're like, no, 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 no. no the Cronenberg no, no. one with Viggo Mortens and all of that yeah. piece yeah. of shit. That's worth it for one scene. Apparently, it must be very near the end of the movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's absolutely. absolutely. I, it's I, like. I heard. Blah, 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 for two hours. Yeah. And then it goes. Blah, 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 and then it's. Done. I thought it was a comedy when I first watched the film. <laughs> I, I thought it was a tongue in cheek comedy that I'm just not getting it. Yeah. Cronenberg is pulling a real deep, fast one on me. But then I thought, no, it's just a piece of shit. Here's where I go. And it's not, and, 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 and I don't think that had any, necessarily anything to do with him because he did direct no. one of. My all-time favorite movies. Dead Ringers. Pardon? Which one? It it, uh, had to do with uh, motor vehicles. Oh. Crash. Oh, yeah. Dead Ringers is my favorite picture that he did. Okay. That... I didn't mind history of violence. Like I stuck through it. And for that one scene, I was like, okay, cool. I get it. Like they built up. I I like that they built up a bunch of tension Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it took a while. It was an investment. I would never watch it again. It's a one-time thing. Right. doesn't make it a great movie, but it was an idea. It was an art piece. Conceptually, Dead Ringers was one of the most original pictures I think I'd seen. I don't think I've um, seen twin gynecologists, both played by Jeremy Irons. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. And uh, they're both they're, they're brothers. <laughs> That's exceptionally original right there. You, you just know. stop talking right now. <laughs> like, wow. But there, there is an yeah. idea. This is this is kind of... Because um, Darren Aronofsky, I think, is probably one of my favorite uh, directors. Uh, I mean, from uh, Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, I think, are some of the greatest movies. The Fountain is... A masterpiece. I Here's think. this is where I go weird because I have to rewatch it. I thought about this literally the other day when I first saw it. I was like, "Fuck, this movie is so terrible." Yeah. Walked out, didn't like it. Was so, I mean, maybe the theater was hot. Uh, I walk, I walk out of movies like Anchorman Two. I walked out of. 
I didn't. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. I, okay. The, I'm surprised the, that I went in the first I place. I was going to say the bad part of that story is that you walked into Anchorman <laughs> 2. <laughs> but those are the kind of movies I'm yeah, willing to walk out of. Most, yeah. most like visionary things, I'll stick through to the end. The things that I've disappointed, I should have walked out of Mother. It was also now, a Darren Aronofsky movie. Have you seen that picture? I only, I only watch Zack Snyder movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I missed a couple because yeah, okay. you the, were the last on one him. was... You were working on it. Well, no, no, no. I mean, the last one wasn't really his... Wasn't it a Joss Whedon movie or whatever you said? Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, you were so, correct about that. So that's why I didn't see that one. Hmm. Anyway. I saw no, it. I, I was forced to. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were rather compelled. It's true. Um <laughs> My fav- I, uh, my uh, my my the film my my my, my <clears throat> the film for me which is still the worst film I've ever seen is mm. Saint Elmo's Fire. I've never seen it. There's no reason for you to. I, I now I won't. But here I'm going to start polluting your brain right okay. now. Rob Lowe, <laughs> Demi Moore before the implants. Whoa. Um, uh, Ali Sheedy, what, I believe teeth, is in it. Teeth or breast? Mm, both probably. Um, it's about a group of 20 somethings. I think Joel Schumacher was the director of it. And I could, I just loathed all of his movies. Okay. Um, uh, I, I think lo- it takes I place. I love in, that word. Yeah. I think oh, it takes place in Chicago yeah. and they're a bunch of 20 somethings at the time. And, and they've, they're directionless, but they're boozers and they're like, let's go and get bloody Marys and stuff like that. And it's a pointless fucking film. So and, about millennials before there were millennials. Yeah, before the term was <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? Okay, so, awesome. So he's, so he's like he's clairvoyant. Yeah. So on that on that note, what do you when you watch film? What does it do for you? Like when you see a really bad movie, it's the biggest disappointment we get. Like, it, but there's a reason. I don't. I I can tell that you get something more than normal people out of film. Well, when you work in. I've been working in film for nearly 30 years now. And so I'm, um, and there's plenty of people who work in film and it's just a job for them. Mm-hmm. It's like working at Walmart or big old tires. They, they don't, they're not film lovers. Mm. They just work in the film business mm. because it either pays, it pays them well. money at the, like the schedule or, or whatever. It's certainly not conducive like to any kind of, it's an awesome schedule. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was just you know, about to say like French hours myself makes so. you really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, some, <laughs> some guys do three months on yeah. and they'll do six months off or yeah. they'll do work the entire yeah, yeah. summer so they can snowboard in yeah. France in the winter. Like I know plenty of people like that. Sure. That's not me, yeah. no. but, um, so I have been a film, um, enthusiast, um, f- since I was a kid. So, um, you know, I used to get woken up, uh, at midnight when there was no VCRs or any of that kind of stuff, when the Magnificent Seven or the Dirty Dozen or Shane or any of those kinds See, of See, now pictures. we're talking about some kick-ass movies. Yeah, Zulu, <laughs> Michael yeah. Caine, any of that stuff. I got woken up because it was like, get up, you know, go to bed early, wake up, here, the movie's on, and you're like half asleep, and then the movie's on, and so I still remember these pictures. So how do you feel about Captain Blood? Captain Blood. Mm. Man, if you can't immediately give me an answer. Then right? you're off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyway, yeah. So, so anyway, I guess I've always had film... Uh, film in my um, persona per se um, and would seek out the title of a good shirt actually seek um, would seek out <laughs> tough to design but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. difficult yeah. to implement but good um, an idea yeah good an idea poor an execution, Bad an execution. Yeah, exactly um, you know 
the normal the normal it's it's the same as literature it's like i never went for the john grisham stuff mm. i never went for the what the status quo or the wad would watch or read or whatever i always found it just pedestrian and not interesting and you know the characters weren't weren't interesting the stories weren't interesting visually they were not interesting so mm -hmm. i tended to start to you know seek out other um kinds of filmmaking or directors that did specific stuff a lot of foreign film without sounding like a snob about it but um just expanding my film horizon per se and then you know when you're when you start getting into films and you're a certain age you only start watching the films that are currently in in theaters you typically mm -hmm. don't go back and start watching sure you know oh i'm gonna go on my kurosawa phase i want to go and find out about yeah. you know the genesis of, of this kind of film like why people think tarantino was so cool oh well because he ripped off all these other mm -hmm. film directors and now molded it into a a form that people currently it can enjoy without going i don't want to watch these boring 60s or 70s movies right so and it is really hard like once you've been kind of accustomed to um the pace and the tempo of new movies in the in the i guess the yeah the power of it because they are very powerful like they they're attention grabbing and they they yeah. they hold you in a certain manner and old movies don't i mean I don't want to say that they're bad because they're definitely not bad. They're just, they're very hard to get used to. So you're right. You, there's really no going back. Like when you try to explain Akira Kurosawa to somebody and they've never seen it and they go to look it up and they see, you know, Seven Samurai or something like that. And they're like, this is fucking boring. Yeah. There's so much silence and it's so quiet. It takes so long to get to a place. They don't realize that it's the archetype for so many movies that yeah. they layer on top. I mean, even Zach's, yeah. you know, original thought of Justice League was very... Seven Samurai, very yeah. black and white, subtitled, mm -hmm. long, doesn't make sense. People are wearing dresses. It's like mm -hmm. I've heard all the, mm -hmm. I've heard all of it, and you're just sort of like, you know, or Fellini. You you, you start you, people start watching David Lynch, mm -hmm. right? I saw Blue Velvet in, in the theater, and it was like wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, you'd still wow. It's mm -hmm. like I, I would think that the, the Blue Velvet for me is Lynch's best film. Had you already seen Fellini's Casanova at that point? No. And the thing is, when you go back and watch, when I went back, yeah. I saw Eight and a Half and Casanova <laughs> and a couple other pictures, and I'm like, I go, Lynch is a complete fraud. Mm. After That was the thing that came out of my mouth mm. when, when I saw those pictures, because uh, there was plenty of people in film school who were enamored with him because Twin Peaks was on at the time. Yeah. And he's so original and the stuff is really cool and weird. And then Wild at Heart comes out and it's just weird for the sake of being weird. And I, I'm one of the only people I know who did not like that picture. Mm -hmm. Except that Power Mad, you know, played live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Super cool. But, you know, after seeing the... You know, and the guy in Power Mad is wearing a Guar t-shirt. And, so that, and yeah. that would make D. Randall fucking proud yeah. right there. Uncle Randy. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's more the guy digression. Brain, no, but then the brains get opened up when the guy smashes, when Nick Cage smashes the guy's head against the stairs. But yeah. But yeah Speaking no, it's of just, digression, you know. have you seen the compilation of Nicolas Cage freaking out? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. It's oh, awesome. no, I have not. It's yeah. like 30 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And you watch the thing till the end, too. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. It's just him having like yelling fits or yeah. like him doing his acting of like, I'm being a crazy person right now. Yeah. It's Fucking yeah, great. That or Tom Cruise running compilation is fucking excellent. He runs for like 45 minutes. So now, would that be better than the Steven Seagal running compilation? Because <laughs> oh. I don't think anything can top that <laughs> when it comes to running. Does, <laughs> is there one out there? Yeah. Oh, I've got to watch it now. Tom Cruise is like an extra fast runner. Okay. 
he well, just oh he's fast yeah he he will smith's also very fast too no really yeah i mean when he's running like fuck that's like a that's at least a 55 second 400 if you held that pace yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know if he can hold it but he he looks actually extremely fast when like I, he has good nice. dorsiflexion good elbow yeah. drive yeah when i worked on uh <laughs> i worked on mi4 with him in the water him and jeremy renner and he it was kind of amazing to be beside Tom Cruise. I mean, I was like three feet yeah. away from him and uh, he wanted to hold the underwater camera. He wanted to feel what it felt mm. like. And um, he's like, okay, cool. I get it. You know, it's, wow, it's, it's difficult to hold it steady and this and that. And, and uh, I was, I was, I looked over at him. I go, wow, his ears are really small. I go, wow, his hands are really small, oh, but his man. nose is like, you know, the Tom Cruise yeah. nose and stuff. But um, he was, he was one of the only people I've worked with who had so much power on set and not in a um, maniacal way. But mm. he, he, he asked for stuff to get done in 30 minutes and it was done in 28. And mm. no one was afraid of him. They just respected him. Interesting. So he, he was very intense, but his work ethic and the fact that he was also a producer on the picture yeah. and that the director on the picture kind of, this is his first live action film after doing The Incredibles. Somewhat emasculated. Tom pretty much directed the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, plus it's his character and da da da. But um, I've heard he runs a tight ship. Yeah. And I believe he had a, if I'm, I hope I'm not uh, incorrect about this. I believe he had, uh, his trainer was like a tennis pro. I believe he would bring him like celery and peanut butter and stuff hmm. every couple of hours. Um, he in Tom Cruise, he you know you see him in that movie. Mm -hmm. In any movie, he's, he's not like this muscle bound no. guy. He's he just looks physically very able, mm -hmm. and then it's, it's demonstrated when he's the one doing the running, right? And then yeah. the, the the new one with Henry, mm -hmm. um, he snapped his ankle, broke his ankle. Yeah, that's really gross. Graham Norton has the footage on his show where they yeah. zoom in the camera angle. They show where he he misses the building, like he wasn't supposed to miss it. I don't think, but he missed it, and his ankle went. <laughs> And you see the whole foot go. It's so gross. And he uh, he, he pulled himself pulled himself up and walked like limped out of shot. Hmm. And as soon as he got out of shot, he said, "I have to go to the hospital." But he didn't like cut. I can't do it. I can't walk. Really? You need to pick me up. So he's a pretty. Um, so they left that shot in. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Man. He probably made them leave it in though. Yeah, like you this know. cost me. What a jerk. This <laughs> is a lot of pain. It's <laughs> uh, uh, pretty fucking solid, if you ask me. Uh, yeah. He did. He did have some. Like when he was doing. Was that three or four where he did the? Um, where he's climbing on the building. Wasn't that, there some? That was the one that I worked on. Oh, was okay. Four, yeah. That was four. That was done in Dubai. Yeah. And he had something to do. He he ordered a copy of Kiss or Kill for that or something. Is that a true story? I have heard something about that to get in. I don't know if it was for that show or for something else, something but it was climbing, sort of to yeah. had some climbing in it and to get into the mind of or whatever. And that's that, if that's true, that's that's cool. That yeah, is cool. Yeah. Wrong mind. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. Don't get into this one, dude. Yeah. You'll quit. Yeah. I, I imagine every once in a while. I mean, there there's some uh, film at its best for me is like the best humanity has to offer for a two hour period. And it makes perfect sense because it really matches that tempo. There's basically a year and a half of work with a thousand plus people. And we get a highlight of three people in two hours. Right. That really shows like, <laughs> 
what humans are capable of and also just how like distressing that situation is because but you mentioned Aronofsky is one of your favorite directors and he for sure is he's one of the most original directors working currently within the studio hmm. system I mean mother is an oh, it's, it's an improbable film to try to promote <laughs> and um, unless you just have a hard on for what's her name what's her name Jennifer Lawrence yeah yeah, yeah. But it is, I, I couldn't, I could not, you, you begin becoming so frustrated watching the characters, mm -hmm. but I, at the end of the picture, I can't believe what they put in that thing. I can't believe, I mean, I wasn't shocked or anything, but I was, I was like, wow, I can't believe they left that in there. And this is like, that's the point. I'm glad that they did, even though I don't like oh, yeah. the film. It's part of um, the story though. It's, you know. It is. And it's, it's like, this is where you get that boundary, where, which I think is a really hard thing to balance. And I don't. Obviously, not an expert, but I've seen it long enough with enough kind of up closeness that I think films, there's a barrier for where it becomes um, a return on investment for yeah. the studio. Right? Yeah. Like, so I know it's promoted as the biggest film and the greatest thing and the biggest visuals and all this stuff and all this, all the actors are in it and everybody has an Academy Award. And it's just, but you're to the point where it's the same as like a it's too big to fail, so it has to be supported and fluffed up and then masked all the bad. Everything's patched. You have fucking Henry with a stupid fucking CGI mustache kind of deal. Yeah, because they're like, there's just there's too much money to lose. But you get something that's made for you know a quarter of that, where they're like, yeah, we can take some risk, and now we're back to it being art again. Yeah. So whenever I look at a movie that's like over a hundred million dollars, I'm like, fuck, it's gonna suck. Well, it's entertainment. It's it not will, art. Right? Yeah, so. it's it's made for the general layperson yeah. to understand. And there's gonna be. You mean it's a movie, not a film? Yes, maybe that's the distinction. There was a director that, named John Batum, mm -hmm. Saturday Night Fever, Blue Thunder few other films i can't Blue remember Thunder, no, that's, a, that's mm -hmm. a time yep. travel right there yep. roy scheider <laughs> malcolm mcdowell i think yeah. yeah yeah he titled his films oh stakeout he did that one too um a john batham movie he said i don't make films films oh. are for film snobs or i'm not i'm not some art house european black mm -hmm. and white subtitled nonsense mm -hmm. i make movies so he is no pretense about that yeah. whatsoever that's good yeah so uh, perhaps yeah. that's the uh, maybe there's just no common distinction between what's going on people and maybe that's some of the problem because when i see a movie like black swan is a perfect example yes like i, I think it was critically acclaimed yeah. and it did very well mm -hmm. but most people actually didn't like it if you ask the it didn't feel good right they didn't i don't think they understood it mm -hmm. i'm not saying that if, if you did understand it you were like some genius or something or you could hold it you can sort of hold it over someone else's head but mm -hmm. you know i mean it I just think that it uh, there's a lot of disturbing material in the picture mm -hmm. that the average person, even though like awards time, like that was that was one of the films that got um, accolades and mm -hmm. Academy Award nominations, and I, I can't remember if it won anything or not. I but, think it did. Um, but every year, there's whatever the popular film is. All right, I went to see Roma in mm -hmm. the theater, even though it's on available on Netflix. I went mm -hmm. to see it in the cinema. And they've released it in the cinema for uh, in, in a few cities. In a few cities, I saw it in LA, of course, but um, is magnificent mm. and uh, hypnotic and wonderfully directed by a, you know a proper director. And um, so it's you know when Braveheart got the Academy Award for Best Picture and mm. Mel Gibson got Best Director and Best Cinematography and Best Editing and Best Score and I mean it. it 
annihilated everybody. There's mm-hmm. always one movie that usually just like stomps blanket, everything. stomps everybody, yeah. uh, tramples everyone. And it's a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, once every couple of years, they're like, my God, they made the right decision. They actually mm-hmm. nominated like There Would Be Blood which is like magnificent yeah. fucking yeah, filmmaking. Very, very good. And it wins the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. And I'm like, yes! Yeah. But it's also up against No Country for Old Men and which, The Assassination of Jesse James. All three mm-hmm. movies, films, um, deserved to win that. But I, That was a tough know, one. No Country for Old Men is probably one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's movies. brilliant. Mm. But at the end of There Will Be Blood mm. is, when the, one, is probably one of the only films that I have stood up and clapped out loud and yelled bravo because it was um, i thought it was amazing masterpiece yeah. brilliant so anyway God, daniel day lewis is fucking excellent just phantom thread again same thing same reaction beautiful film mm. beautiful filmmaking so mm. anyway i i think that well I, w- I would take that out of the like you know entertainment industry and apply that that kind of rule that there is a big distinction between you know business ideas like the, this funding that happens when you fund something and it gets this big (laughs) you know where i'm going with this (laughs) it's just not that money is a problem it's how people react to monetary gain that changes it like that and it has to do with risk like everybody's trying to avoid risk every business is Mm -hmm. i mean you want asymmetrical risk in every endeavor that you do fitness is a perfect example of that and you want that in your investments because you want, you know, to invest little and get a big return. Everybody wants that, but almost nothing good comes out of that. We we know this. Like this is a fact about life that the best, you know, and I won't even call it it's not a bet. It's um a poker game, right? Like there's right. skill involved that's manipulating what the return can be. So it's not a 50-50, it's not statistical analysis of what comes back. It's there's manipulation with skill hedging a bet on that and most people want to just you know uh, uh, you know i got to protect my investment and and this gets in this is like a seed in almost every bad thing that happens was based off of avoiding risk or avoiding catastrophe but when you don't have that risk when it's too asymmetrical there's nothing fucking good that happens from it because the whole idea of guarantee is is stopping you from actually having a good reward right I, I like I don't know how else to express this. Maybe I'm like inarticulate, but I see it like kind of everywhere. Every bad thing that I've been involved with has been people hedging because they want guarantees and they want their investment back. And every good thing that I've been involved with, or at least even seen, I mean, I, the per, and this kind of maybe this is a good segue. As I go, we've had this conversation for a year. Uh, I mean, Mark started working on this book for a year himself. It was almost complete when he finally showed me a version of it. And then we kind of side tabled it and he sat on it for pretty fucking sick of it at that point. (laughs) Totally. And he needed to be because that's how people work. People don't just like incessantly work nonstop on the same thing. You get a dead product from that. You need these points of intensity and then you need to go away and you need to let that stuff settle. And then you come back and be intense again. And like, we just rode that wave. We did other shit and practiced and got good at stuff. And then I saw the interest kind of go and it was like, okay, he's going. And then it was work, work, like it was just, it became a muse again. And then, you know, we talked about, okay, how do we make it successful? Because you have to talk about that. And I hope I'm not 
like overstepping. Not at all. Talking about it, because I, I saw it as a, a risking. So we, we talked about how to fund it. We're talking about funding a book. Is <laughs> the quality? Call um, a publisher. They know all about making books successful. So we talked to book agents, and we talked to publishers, and we talked to all the people that you rely on for good information. And almost everything had to do with this one thing. How many followers do you have? To come talk to me when you have two hundred fifty thousand, because that's a guarantee on return on investment. Yeah, you want you want me to make your audience to buy your book? Well, if that's the case, then why don't I just make the book? Uh, it's that be yeah, and so we, we like I, I don't need apparently. I don't think we were this egotistical about it, but we were like, no, this doesn't no. make any sense. We can be now though, floored. Yeah. Right, like I'm like okay, so what does what does the publisher do? Like what does the agent do that gets you though? Okay, the agent uh, he. He gets you the best deal with the publisher who's with not going to do anything. And then the publisher, okay, so the publisher markets, no, the publisher doesn't market. That's none of the marketing costs. They find the, the the printer though, and they talk to the agent and the agent deals with you and you deal with the agent. The agent goes back to the publisher and the publisher goes to the printer. And, you know, if they're going to invest in you, they give you this money up front to help you finish it and give you your- No, they give you this money up front to own you. Exactly. Which is what it really is, which and is like to tell you asymmetrical risk for like, them. oh, you already took the money. Now I can steer you. Now you're going to make the book that we want you to make because we know because we know. And that's exactly what a publisher does. The publisher knows what fucking sells. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the more readily the publisher can, you know, make you round enough to fit in the round hole of sales, no matter what you wanted to do, no matter what how good the original idea was no matter it's just like okay this is the flow chart of how we as a publisher make fucking money mm -hmm. we just need to find a way to get this creative person this person with original ideas to tow our line to follow in you know to get into this flow chart and the best way to do that is to hold them off hold them off hold them off for long enough that they're fucking broke <laughs> That, that that without your you know the publisher's help their book is never going anywhere and then they give you the money you spend part of the money that you can't afford to pay back and then they fucking own you and then you then, then the project that you're making is no longer the project that you started to make I, and there's all sorts of conversations and I'm being that really go around fucking that. cynical about this right now but <laughs> but um, that, that is the reality of all this stuff like and it goes back because I think they're they inherently know that people are unwilling to risk themselves. Yeah. And if they see something that's marketable and it's asymmetric in their version and they can put some control on it, there's all sorts of conversations that go along with, fuck yeah, man, the fucking idea is punk rock. I love it. My, it's raw. It's this. You get all sorts of jivey agent talk where yeah. they they love your idea. They want to boost this. Yeah, they're, they're going to love it. And then when they own you, it starts to be, well, let's pull it. Let's dial it back. It's a little bit loud. Let's use less swear words. Let's like Let's think about the audience for the family. Like, how are we going to get old people into this? How are we going to get a different demographic? How are we going to open and broaden your audience? And already you're like, oh, you mean dilute my idea? Like, no, no, no. I mean homogenize. I, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, is that, did I not make that clear? <laughs> so this become like this, this is the, the conversation that surrounds and, and kind of drives me crazy is like the way we've been told that things should happen. Um, we have to kind of rethink them. 
But I think, and, and I would argue that the, you know, the pub, you know, I haven't looked into it deeply, you know, as deeply as I, you know, should or I will in the future. Um, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a dying industry it, it, for, well, no, no, actually that's not true. It'll never be a dying industry because the, because publishers will never run out of people who are fucking afraid. Mm. Right. And, and people who are, who are dying to be exploited, people who, <laughs> who don't have, um, you know, they have followers, but they don't have ideas or someone who has no they look, have look. followers, but they're not leaders. But yeah. And, and they, and, and they, you know, and, and, and what I think happens a lot also is that a publisher will get pitched with an idea that is, an, um, that will fill, um, you know, a magazine mm. and their job is to turn it into a book. Yeah, and to and, and and then you know then 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 the author gets paid for the magazine, you know, quantity of content, and the publisher you know takes the what they've turned you know the the profit of what they what they have mm. turned it into and making it into a book, which is which is like oh here's here's you know chapter one. It generally this is especially in the you know if you want to go fitness nutrition space, you know yeah chapter one is where the, the you know the, the the meat is and the rest is just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the, okay, there's there's some you know a little bit more you know maybe there's some stuff and then the back end is full of workouts or fucking recipes and that's all you know all the shit that you're never gonna do because and, and you this, already, indus- this industry is so uh, well just the book publishing thing is so fucked that even if we have too much content too much real content yeah. and we say uh, no exercises no no exercise instruction yeah. no diet plans no structure like no no fluff yeah. we have pure ideas and they work like this and they fill a 200 page book or whatever the thing is you still get the conversation yeah but people really they're expecting it let's give the people what they want like why don't you give the people what they want and we'll do what we want i think that's called uh, ead yes exactly. <laughs> but it's the book yeah. business uh, it is it's the same thing as the it, film business exactly yes. yeah yeah there, there's return no different, on right? investment there's a shit ton of money involved mm-hmm. and unless people are independently wealthy and like to mm-hmm. throw their money around they're going to want a return on their investment. And when and, they see and, that jeopardized by And your, I don't begrudge them that. What, oh I, no. do, what I begrudge is, is, is following you the formula that has previously worked. That yeah. they are as w- unwilling to take risk as the author coming to them with their idea. Absolutely. So if the pub- yeah. so if the publisher's not willing to take a risk, then you're going to ne- never going to have anything new. No, it's, it's, a sa- just like, it's a safe thing. Oh, wait. This, this you know... <laughs> Uh, th- th- this year's diet book is the same as last year's diet yeah. book, which is the same as the, as the diet book of five years ago. And I mean, the formula is the same and this and that. And, and, and really the, the only thing that has happened is that, you know, fewer of them are purchased and therefore more costs are cut in terms of production and this and that. And, right. and the thing is you'll never it, 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 take an, I mean, I had a, um, I had a very good experience with extreme alpinism was the first book that I, um, that I had published, um, which is published, published by the Mountaineers books in Seattle, but we also handled it in a very different way. Mm. It's like, I have this idea. This is what it's going to look like. This, this is the book that I want to write. And, and okay. Yeah. I've, I, I am coming from an only a magazine writing sort of background. Um, my dear friend, Jim Martin, agreed to help me out and that was one of the things that helped sell the publisher on the idea was that i had someone helping me guiding me um sort of teaching me in a sense mm. uh in in order um who had who had, who had already you know had 
writing, published, etc. Um, but it, it was a it was a really safe bet for them because all I was willing to do is I said, "Look, I'm not taking an advance. <laughs> We're going to negotiate the advance. We're going to negotiate the upfront payment for this book, and then that's going to and then that's going to sit on the table." And what I'm going to do is I'm going to write this book and we can talk about a rough deadline because I work okay with deadlines. It's better. In fact, Mm. Um, we're going to talk about a deadline and I'm going to do what I want. Jim's going to help me. I'm going to bring you a manuscript on a certain day. You accept that manuscript. You know, I'm going to, we're going to fund this entirely on our own. We're going to, you know, shoot all of the pictures or use, you know, stuff from my catalog etc but i'm going to bring you the the writing and the images and on that and and we're going to have a meeting you accept the book you cut me the check right there but i will not take your money up front because i will not allow you to tell me what to do if you don't want this book in the end and we have already produced it off you know with our own effort our own energy our own money if you don't want it, someone else will want it. I feel great that, that okay, I have this option that you're going to write me a $10,000 check on the day that, I, that you agree to give me you know, the manuscript and then we're going to talk about the royalties and this and that and it's going to be 10% and it's going to be 16% and it's going to be this and that and you know, so you get your money back and I get it. it, it like it's a business. You need mm-hmm. to do that, but I will not allow you to steer me up front by taking your money in advance. But it's a business that's built off of the rent-to-own mentality, like the extended credit when I have no savings or trust or yeah. uh, way that I can risk myself. I have this really great great idea for a book, but I can't afford to do it. And then suddenly... But the best... And, and this is... This now you can't afford not to. <laughs> my, my, my argument for like anybody trying to do anything, like it could be, I want to write a book. It could be, I want to start a business. It could be... I want to film something and make a, a, a small film. The best way to do it is to figure out how to not leverage it against somebody else's idea, like to, to keep it pure. And I, I can't remember when, I mean, when we were working on our other book idea, a lot of these lessons came about. So when Refuge started getting finalized, I guess we had to, and so it's not, so nobody's confused. We were, unclear again even though you've had these experiences in the bag we were still unclear whether we should use a publisher or not whether we whether you should accept funding in fact we looked for funding like oh well we need funding like this is how it works and you know we're startup guys and so let's go find some funding and i don't know what at what point but i I think um at some point you were just like no it, it i need to do it myself like these are not eternal lessons that you learned before and they're just in stone and this is how you do things. This is like a reoccurring theme that we have to keep learning. I have burned my hand on the burner and then gone back and checked to see if it was hot again (laughs) and then checked another time again to see if it was still hot and this is years apart and you know I can look at the fingers and I go man there's still scars right there. I wonder if that thing's still hot. (laughs) So what was it? God damn it didn't this time didn't feel quite as Hot? <laughs> well, maybe well, that's because of all the scarring from all the previous block. <laughs> it's insulating. The, what was yeah. it about? At what point was it a decision that risk was actually a benefit in doing? And, and I'm not saying you're, you're not free of risk yet. Like we just started pre-sale oh, on Refuge, and we are yeah. in the middle of hang, dangling with a noose. But 
at what point did you decide that that's actually a benefit? Like the, because there was a shift. There was like, you know, I think we need to do this. Ourselves. There was a quiet, there was like whispers. Like, I just I got to figure out a way how to fund this thing. So there's no, you know, it needs to be mine. Nobody needs to touch this. I don't need to talk to anybody about this. Um, I don't want anybody else controlling it. I don't want to have to market it a cheesy way. I don't want, and then it became kind of a, you know, you gained some confidence at some point and then it was just, I'm doing it myself. I, I don't, it didn't happen all at once. Sure. Um, but there, there was a period where I was, I, I felt like, okay, I, I, I think I have a good, I, I, I'm ready to take this to, you know, to, to make it. And it's not like take it to market, you know. I, I, I was about to say that, and I was like, "What a stupid fucking phrase!" Because <laughs> um, it implies, you know, I'm putting the potatoes that I grew in the back of my trailer, and my horse and I are going down to market. We're taking the potatoes. Show up, my, show up yeah, to whatever. Barnes and Noble, and then I think they just buy them off of you right there. Yeah, yeah, fresh produce. Like open the open <laughs> the books. Tr- open the trunk or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so so there was a point where I was starting to believe. Uh, it, it, it took, oh, you know, uh, it, it took a long time, but I got to a point where I was, I was starting to believe in the idea more. And the only reason, you know, that there's like, oh, I, I, I would like to use someone else. You know, the publishing model, it's just, it, 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 it's attractive because it sounds too good to be true. Like yeah, we'll give you money, and then you, and then you know, we'll give you this advance, and then you'll just sort of live off of that advance while you, you know, while you create, and you do your art, and then you know, blah blah blah, and then and you're just like, oh well, I can quit my job and I can write my book or you know whatever the fuck situation you're in, um, but but there's this, the, 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 it's the idea that like money falls from the sky and allows you to do the thing, and patron, it's like you're never pa- the patron saint of patron. It, and 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 a patron is not a bad thing necessarily. No, but most people would, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where you know a lot of money or a lot of power, and then people fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I think a patron is probably a, a relationship that would be fairly easy to fuck up or or whatever. Um, and that, you know, there's there's ideas about how to make stuff and then um, make money from it if you will, like, or to have it, you know, to, okay, I'm going to make this thing and then this thing is going to be purchased and, and then I'll be rich. No, that's the wrong attitude. It's going to make this thing. And then hopefully enough of these physical things that I create will sell in order to, you know, allow me to keep making things. And that's ultimately to me what, you know, needed, needed to happen. But I was also during the the phase where I wasn't as um, firm in my belief about the book or the idea, during that period, it was uh, you know talking to other people about funding so that I didn't have to take the risk necessarily, mm. um, and or uh, and then going along. We went down the road for a while, and I worked with um, with the with Paragon Press, the guys who were. Um, printing the book now or no um actually it's printed now but, um, <laughs> but in the beginning you know i get the quote for okay i want to make this number of copies and I arbitrarily n- decided on a, you know i could just say it a thousand copies of the book because when i got the quotes back that's what i could envision in my head mm-hmm. i know exactly i know what this costs to make a hardbound book and it's all black and white 
So it's not a fucking four color process, which would be another, that's another nut to crack. And that's something that'll have to happen down the road um, after I learn about it. But, um, but so I, I, I see these quotes and I'm like, how am I going to be able to do this? Cause I need to come up with, okay, if the, if the, if the number is this, I need to come up with 50% to get, you know, on the day that, you know, I accept the proofs and then I need to come up with the rest of it on the day that they deliver the books. There's no fucking terms. They're not storing them for you for free. You know, they're not marketing for you, whatever they are. Pr- they are it's no printing. layaway department. <laughs> no, there is no layaway. Department. Exactly. Um, so I look at this number and I go, okay, well, how can, how can I fund this? And this is, uh, this is me pretending not to have money. Mm-hmm. So I hit on this idea of like, okay, I can't really, I can't, I can't swallow crowdfunding. Yeah, we like, talked about that for for quite yeah. a while, like different ways to do crowdfunding. Because it, and I'm not I'm not against crowdfunding. I think it it, it can it can make oh, things very viable. It's, and I've I've <laughs> I've given enough to crowdfunding to oh. obviously support crowdfunding. I mean, I just ordered a fucking penta orb, three of them. Yeah. They're just shapes that like this mathematician oil. Anyway, it's, it's, I'm not against crowdfunding. It's, it's like but, a 2019 lava lamp, is what you're saying. Um, no, it's this meticulously machined mathematical algorithm it's a lava lamp exactly that's exactly what that was (laughs) that that (laughs) that is a it's not a sphere but it is mathematically perfect like a sphere so it's a penta orb okay anyway i'll show it to you when i get it because it just fucking went through Okay, if they actually make it Uh, they they just they found it and they're building them now okay they finally got okay so in two years i'll see it yeah yeah probably which is me this is just me illustrating all of the things that happened with the crowdfunding kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that i you know have sort of supported but i it feels too much like digital spare changing to me I, i could yeah at least the guy who's busking is fucking playing music (laughs) <laughs> he's actually doing. He's not. He's just not there with his hand out and, a, and a fucking good idea, um, you know, or, or or whatever. And this is for me. I like. I participate in. It. I'm not against crowdfunding, mm-hmm. but it's not for me and my projects. And it's also like uh, something that that we have talked about with this business for a long time. It's like if you give us money, we give you something. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know. It's the reason that we did the Descent shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, yeah, it's a hundred dollar t shirt. It's expensive. It's fucking expensive. It's totally over fucking price. It's it's so it's <laughs> so overpriced. I mean, it's not even a nice t shirt. <laughs> but if you were gonna contribute a hundred dollars to help support the zine project, to help mm-hmm. support the podcast, to help support the idea, whatever is this thing that we were trying to make when we did that, um, you you know, you give us the hundred dollars. At least you have something physical yeah. in your hand, a token, as opposed yeah. to you know some f- fucking emails that come every couple of months telling it, telling you that we're late. <laughs> you know, to they make got, the product. To we, be fair, we, they got some of those on the first T-shirt. <laughs> well, d- yeah, because d- the T-shirt turns out it was difficult to print white on black. It, you know, but khaki was on black was easier, and so we got that. Um, or but, it's a tax rebate. They want a tax. They want. They, they will give to PBS. They'll give to uh, any can any um, organization that needs money that that does a funding drive, like any kind of national public radio station. And you know they'll give little gifts here and there. But a lot of people, the incentive is a tax reduction. 
So, yeah. So, okay. So there's the thing. That's an angle I never even looked at. Uh-huh. Maybe think we're nonprofit, profit, not nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So we can't. I, actually, I wonder if. Can if, we file as yeah, a nonprofit? I think we should try. <laughs> and then later, if they call us on it and just say, uh, we just. Typo. Yeah. We <laughs> just misspelled. Exactly. <laughs> Wrong text it, category. Yeah. Or. I mean, that's or, how or, schools get away from I mean, it. Right? So I would actually think it might work because um, I actually don't have a ton of belief in the intelligence of the people who, are, who would be reading those papers. They just go, oh, it's a nonprofit. And then, like, put it over in the category, and then I like, absolutely because, yeah, yeah. like, anyway. yeah, I wonder what would happen if the government shut down, included the IRS. Just a weird thought. Mm. Um. <laughs> well, no, are you gonna? You know, you're never gonna get. You know, you, the, the the city never stops handing out speeding tickets. No, so. <laughs> so so the so the idea of like, okay, how to fund this book because it's a big. I mean, I'm I'm totally happy to talk about the numbers. I guess. Well, I don't, or, I don't think yeah, it's it does, terribly it important. Uh, what no. I was like, and so it's, so it would cost more than I was willing in the moment of mm-hmm. with the current level with a certain the, the moment of a particular level of belief. It was it cost too much for me to do on my own, and therefore, with this idea of like asking, you know, the, the, the crowdfunding, but in return for something, mm-hmm. was to have the printer digitally print the book so you end up with, with a book that's coming off of a digital print as opposed to an offset print and it's two different types of technology and one i mean and, and digital printing can look can look okay mm-hmm. can actually it can look good right. but it's as uh andy was telling us today you know look the digital presses are you know kind of temperamental and mm. if if you're going to run a job and you don't do the whole entire job that day you might have some inconsistencies yeah. from day to day with oh, really? with yeah and and with offset it's it's just it's so much more precise that we could go like it took us three days to print mm-hmm. the book so you know and, and but the, but the pages that were run in the morning on day one look as good as the pages that were run midday today which was day three but the idea that so at that point was like okay I would I, I will make one hundred digital copies of this book and and it'll have a soft cover on it and blah 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 and we'll sell them and I was going to sell fifty of them for a hundred bucks and fifty of them for five hundred bucks hundred bucks you get the book here's a, here's a here's a paperback version of what is ultimately going so I'm going to get it because if you get the paperback version I'm pretty sure you're going to buy the better looking hardbound version later but whatever so and then the other ones for 500 bucks you know you'd get you'd, you'd get this copy and then you just have to wait and eventually that you know i, I thought a hundred w- with that amount of money i could go to the printer and actually pay to get the thing mm. done in the offset way the old way the analog way the way the, the way, way. <laughs> nice and we and, and I'm fucking happy it was so hard to get to a point where, I mean, we never got to a point with the digital press. Oh, no. Um, it, I mean, far from it. It didn't even it, feel like it was close. It, yeah. Ever. Yeah. It never felt like it was close to, to visually acceptable. And I, I think it was a, at some point, it's like, I don't want to have shit examples of this piece of art out there just for money. I Which think is that's what, the conversation that finally came down at the printers when 
reviewing some digital stuff and, and trying to compare <coughs> like, why the fuck did this happen? And why did that happen? And what can I do in the computer to make it so that it doesn't happen? Yeah. And it was really like a arms up in the air. Even the experts were kind of like, well, you get what you get and you, you'll get, you can try this, but it's kind of chaos. So, you know, you put in X and sometimes you get Z and sometimes you get Y. So uh, fucking who knows? And it was, it but, was it. But a point looking at one of those that I think it started to develop of, of like, this picture shouldn't look like this. The picture doesn't look like this. It only looks like this when I'm doing sub, like when I'm doing remedial products. Is that right? Remedial? Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'll I just I'd go, I'll, I'll, st- I'll zoom mm-hmm. out a little bit and, and just say that, look, the, the the reason that the idea of digitally producing soft cover versions of the book, um, the, the reason that that was never going to work is because it was being done for the express purpose of money. Mm. Like that, but like I didn't, I wasn't thinking like, I want to make the best product possible. No, I want to sell, I want to make something that people will buy so that I can make a good product. So the intent of the digital output was cash mm-hmm. and therefore it was destined to be shitty. <laughs> That's so fucking great actually. And I mean, I think, I, I think ultimately, you're dead on. Yeah. I, I think ultimately that, that that's what it was. And then there were t- like two things happened. Um, and this is, this is why, you know, the Mark Twight living in this era at this time, at this age will say that one's friends are essential. Having friends is essential. Having friends who will speak their mind to you is an essential aspect of being alive. <laughs> because on one hand, these two things happen not so far apart. Ross McGarvey said, why would you make a digital version when you've just produced a t-shirt that says <laughs> defend analog? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the whole premise of this entire thing. Mm. Why are you shooting on film? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not quite half and half on, you know, film, digital, whatever, but I am, I do shoot film um, still and, and uh, shot a bunch of, you know, to, to cover uh, the, the, the printing of the book. Um, and I just like, Ross, you fucker. Okay. And then Joel Holmes said, so when are you going to make that book? I've been working on it for two years. Are you going to work on it for another year to make it 5% better? I'd say 1% better. <laughs> Whatever, 1, 5 doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, exactly. And so those two things, plus the dissatisfaction and in, in, in Andy at Paragon's frustration with like, oh, we can't make this, you know, because I had every image that's in the book. I went to my photo lab and uh, I had, and Jamie I, I had her print every image, you know, four by six on these big sheets and I, in, in the way that I want to see them. And so I took those to uh, Paragon, showed him, I'm like, this, this, is, this is the kind of quality that I'm sort of looking for right now. And he's like, well, we can do that with Offset. But clearly with a digital thing, and, it's, and it wasn't like, okay, he's, he's going to give us this amount of money for a digital thing, and he'll give us you know, 10x that for an Offset thing. It wasn't that at all. It's just like, Andy wants to make a good, fuck, you know, good product. And as he said today, he kind of came in through this into the process about halfway through, and he was asking the first guy that was working with me at the printer, like, um, "So, uh, what's this all about?" And the guy's like, "Ah, I quoted this, and we've done these, pro- you know, this, and we've tried this, and we're like on the sixth sort of round of digital, blah blah blah." And Andy's comment was again, 
what does Mark want? He's like, well, the other guy apparently never really thought about that. <laughs> and so then we started having this conversation and got around to the point where like Andy could sit there and say, okay, if you want the images in the book to look like this, we have to do it offset. Mm. We have to burn plates. We have to run ink. We have to like it. And, and, uh, and, and all of those things sort of combined in a, in, in, in a moment when I had been spending so much time with the book and looking at, and I bought a lot of photo books in the last couple of years and mm. seen what other books that are, you know, not, not, you know, I'm just going to use air quotes and say similar. Um, and I'm just like, man, that thing's a piece of shit, man. I can kick that thing's ass, mm. man. I've already made something that's like five times better than that. That coincide, you know, all of these things came to a head at a certain point where I just, uh, um, and I, and I talked to some people about funding and then, you know, and it just didn't feel right. And so I, I got to a point where I asked myself, I'm like, I asked myself, do you believe in this product? Do you believe in this art? Do you believe in this project? If the answer is no, then don't do it. And I mean, yeah, you go ahead and try and do it with someone else's money. If you want to have a conversation with those relationship with those people hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, if the answer to the question, do you believe in this is yes then why am I, why would I not be willing to spend my own money? If I fucking believe in it, I should put my money where my mouth is and make this thing. And you know, the stock market's fucked right now. So why not take some money out of that and pay to make this thing a reality? Like if I believe in it, then I'm going to make that commitment and I'm going to take that risk. I am willing to risk losing this money and the, and, and the, money that this money could make if left in the stock market to make this piece you know this of art this piece of art a physical reality i'm willing to do this and then and all of a sudden you know we go over to and i don't know exactly i remember kind of where we were standing when i told him i said dude we are done with the digital thing i am throwing down we are going to move straight ahead we're not going to test we're not going to do this anymore you're frustrated i'm frustrated um and 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 the premise is bad hmm. so tell me what i need to do to make this thing happen in an offset litho printed way and and from there it happened frighteningly fast yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty fascinating process to watch the whole thing unfold as well and pretty fascinating to be there witnessing mark viewing his life's body of photographic work in front of him inspecting it uh, it's all black and white. There were color image. There was col color imagery that had that is now black and white, um, because the images were not captured on some of the images were not captured um, in black and yeah, white. Yeah, there's definitely black and white conversion from Absolutely. color on some of them. But they look, they look, they have a different feel and look to them. Um, I'm gonna draw a current cinematic comparison is uh, I went to see Mad Max Fury Road in black and chrome Whoa. in the theater. Oh, my. And 
the you know the color version that everybody saw was very colorful and it was digitally colored and because they had several different camera formats mm -hmm. what they were shooting with anyway the original plan was to release it in black and white and the studio was like no fucking way really so they did a version and they did select screenings oh, and it was a different i sound stupid when i say it was a different film but the feel of the film was completely different. The way you were looking at the mm. imagery was completely different. Of course. And so watching Mark examine, uh, wor examine his work with people that he hadn't really worked with before who were as enamored as he was viewing the material. And I talked to a few of them without Mark. <laughs> well, no, Mark was walking around taking photos or you know, texting so-and-so about, you know, what he was feeling at the time uh, with this mammoth two-year project now finally happening in the space of two and a half days, three days. Uh, and, they, and a lot of, you know, the guys, the printing guys are like, yeah, you know, this book is, this is a very unique project. You know, it's, we've seen a lot of picture books go through here. We've seen a lot of uh, photo books go through here, but nothing has ever looked like this. So... I thought I would wait to tell you that, <laughs> in, you know, in this forum. But, um, you know, and I had I had words with Andy, uh, asked him the, about the process, and I asked him to specifically say, um, well, for those who aren't really aware, I'm making a documentary about Mark. Mm. And <laughs> the reason that I was there with him, like, well, why did you, why didn't you just pick one of your... Um, raise raise uh, customers to come and join you you could say you know for 500 dollars on the refuge book you get to come and be with mark when you get the book printed so. but, uh, damn it next time but, fundraiser God, yeah, damn it. taxes and fundraising yeah but uh so yeah the the reason why i'm here is i was i was in salt lake to document the making of the the production of the book and um so we both learned, I mean, Mark knew more about it than I did because I had never actually been to a printing press before. And the, the, uh, the pair of us were both, but we've been high for two and a half days after all, you know, with all the chemicals in the ether or whatever else is you know, in, the, in, in the air. I tell you, man, it's like, holy. But, uh, and both very like, just slept like logs at the end of the day, yeah. like exhausted. But, um, and those guys, those poor guys, they work in that environment, you know, oh, day in, day out. They're obviously quite used to it, but um, that's why some of them have three eyes and stuff, right? So, you know. <laughs> but, There's um, a really weird thing to, uh, from watching it and listening to you explain kind of the ups and downs and hitting these obstacles is that um, it feels really like the preparation for any kind of effort. Like there's... <laughs> there's this belief and I think cause Diamato Tyson's trainer originally he, he kind of summed this up in one of the documentaries about him and he was he was talking I think the quote, quote is something like a boy comes to me with a spark and I feed the spark and I get a tiny flame and I feed the flame and I get a fire and then I it turns into this roaring thing and then it turns into Tyson talking about how he has no belief in himself and he's scared i'm scared i'm in the i'm in the dressing room and man this guy's gonna fuck me up like i'm gonna i'm gonna get hurt I, i'm not prepared for this i didn't train hard enough i didn't do all the things that i should have done but and he starts you know the work has been done but he's really questioning the whole thing it's a lot of self-doubt everything yeah and, and that's when it comes out and he, he starts to say like 
you know, I, I walk down, but I'm scared. I'm a child. I'm just a little boy. I've never, I've never, I've never, this man is going to beat me. And he goes down the hall and he starts, okay, but I, I did this and I did that. Okay. I, like, you know, I can punch hard and if I'm fast and I'll get out of the way and this guy won't totally demolish me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be embarrassed. So if I'm not embarrassed, I'm going to go in there and give my best shot. And then he gets in the ring and sees the crowd and he starts getting some confidence and he starts the like me, the meter starts to tip yeah, the other he goes, direction. No, fuck this guy. I have a chance. I'm a champ. I've been, I've done this, that, and the other. I've done this before. I've been here before. I've been scared before. I'm always scared. I do it anyway. And by the time he's getting there, he's a roaring flame. And that guy, he's the other guy's already lost. He's like in the stare down. He breaks eye contact. I've already won. I've already beat this man. He's mine. I just have to do the movements. Yeah. And it always feels like, like you know, it, it's it's your personal journey on this thing that felt like it would never happen. And I know people that talk to me about after reading some of the stuff that you've done, they're just like, oh, that guy just has no fear. And he's like, you know, he just crazy. He just went into the mountains and did this stuff. And whenever project he chooses, he just goes and, you know, does whatever he wants. And that's what it feels like for an outsider. And I don't think a lot of people realize how terrified and how unsure and how how much investment you put into something. And I see it on a daily basis of how like, oh, is it, like, is this right? I'm like, no one's going to buy this shit. And I think that has literally been said maybe a thousand times. Like who's even going to buy this book? And like the, it's, I, and I relate the two stories. They happen simultaneously. And when you were saying, I just like imagined you building confidence in this thing. And then maybe somebody will say something like, Hey, it's really good. And you're like, really? Like it surprises you. Like, but the preparation involved in this book no one's going to see that. No one's going to. No one's going to see that when they look at the book and they examine the photographs. They're I, not going to. They're not going to see the preparation that went into it. Here's where I'll disagree with you. If if you look at where those pictures are taken, there there's no way to get into that environment without being prepared. And so, like, if you do the math and you look, and I've looked, because <laughs> to see that peak or to see this place or to be with that person or to witness this event and have a picture of it, you have to do some math. I'm not talking about the preparation involved in the photo photography, oh. the physical photography. I'm just talking about the actual preparation that marks oh, that okay, you have you. witnessed yeah, 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 in yeah, this yeah. office. Yeah, for sure. Him, in which right? case, like, I mean, I mean, I do feel a, a little bit special. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, like, because it, there is, I mean, it's deep seated for when, um, you know, I, I may have pulled some stuff with Ross <laughs> and some other people <laughs> to poke on all sides because I, I saw it as being like, it's ready. And I saw the digital frustration and I was like, it's not right. Like, so you're the fire starter. You're I'm the, not going to the catalyst. I play with matches, but I'm not going to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the, but what I saw was that no, the work had been done and this thing isn't right for it. The digital release, like the blurb copies that we get. And I said, like every time, you know, you ordered one and you're like, fuck, it's just, just to see pure disappointment, but you're not disappointed in the work you did. You're disappointed in how it was represented. And so my whole idea was, um, well, we have this symposium coming up and we really like artificial dates. And I thought, hey, we're thinking about doing a live podcast. It'd be really great if we had a book released and yeah. you could talk about that book. And it would be, you know, uh, an enchanting experience for people that showed up for the symposium to start it with this 
Well, A, it, it came from two ideas. We, we I, I knew have... all along you were manipulating me. It's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, it wasn't you. <laughs> but, but we... We we have this idea about like you last time we did the fuck. the Red Bull four hundred right we right. have effort right right and we all get to experience that and in my head there was nothing happening for this thing and in my head I was like this has been a fucking effort like people can't imagine and if they could experience that first person that would be our effort like that would be the thing so then the I worked shared back- effort for the people who can't who are coming yeah. out for the symposium yeah. So then I worked backwards from there and I was like, I have no idea. Like I've come, I've gone on a lot of the meetings and I've heard what's going on. And when we showed up to proof the digital thing, I was just like, when can you do the lithographic one? Like, can we have a book by an arbitrary date? And they were and like, oh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be this. And I was like, do it, <laughs> do, do it uh, for my selfish reasons to plan for this thing. But also because I saw the other thing was a shit show. Like it was just, yeah. And I would have, like, I, I've seen the digital copy. I really love it. Like, I can enjoy that thing. But it doesn't represent what you wanted to. And that's the most important thing. Like, if you're not represented properly, it doesn't matter what you, you put out. And that's that's why I think, like, when you see, <laughs> I'm going to fucking, Spo- Justice League is such a alert. fucking shit show. Because that is not what Zack Snyder would make. That is a bullshit fucking movie that came out. People did not see what got made. They didn't see the representation and the work that went into that thing. They saw images that he may or may not have been in control of filming cut in a way that doesn't represent his idea and the philosophy behind that series of movies. Mark and I had that dialogue today. I said that because we were talking about travel and Iceland mm. and so on and so mm. forth. I've been to Iceland and did a off-road mo- and uh, motorcycle enduro uh, trip where I uh, I didn't just whip around the ring road. I was um, traveling all the little fjords and fingers and uh, it was an amazing trip. I did it on my own because, you know, what chick's going to want to sit on the back of a motorcycle? <laughs> While you drive down the road where they tested the lunar rover before yeah. they shot in, it into in, space. In the 1950s, <laughs> yeah, I was like riding where they did the lunar testing. It was like the potholes were the size of the studio here. It was like awesome. Up on the pegs the whole time, your forearms are just burning. So. Nice. However, um, I said, it was kind of odd that you got the entire production went to Iceland to photograph where Bruce Wayne goes to meet Arthur mm-hmm. Curry. And the scene is not even five minutes long and it doesn't really showcase, for lack of a better word, the gorgeous landscape that the entire reason for the production to go to Iceland in the first place. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to go and shoot inside the fishing cottage where he finds him, they could have done that studio. in a studio, which is what they did anyway, I'm assuming. No, I didn't work on the film, but anyway. Um, but... Um, the reason for going wasn't really, you know, there's a couple shots of yeah. Bruce on the, and that, that, that looked amazing. But I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. And I just was like, wow, where is all this footage? That, and, you know, be, beyond like speculation, it's just like anybody that knows anything about Zach or has watched his work, you're like, yeah, that's not fucking, like there's yeah, no fucking know. way. Yeah. The, the, the quality isn't there. And that, this is the same thing, like that Mark brings a certain quality to everything that he does. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's particular. And it, it, I'm not talking, you know, perfectionism, but something that I, it's, it's really hard to describe it. it maybe I'm, jumbling what but there is something where you're like oh yeah mark like you can point at it you can see it like when you like anything it can be gunsmithing it can be fucking loading ammo it can be a gym assignment it can be painting a wall it can be whatever it is there's a way that he does dishes so when you see a book that 
doesn't represent that and he's worked on it for two years there's just a there's like you know there's a right way and there's a wrong way and to mark's credit um when looking for funding i mean me and aaron talked and we're like let's do it like i believe in it i know people want it and i think by the time like i saw there's some doubt i'm like hey i'll help you were like no then i think that's where the confidence came like it was it was a strict no i'll do it like and, and maybe hopefully that was at least some like, hey, <laughs> it's, it's my <laughs> voice. In it. It's my voice. It's my project. Sure. These are my images. I'm going to pay for it. Sure. And that like yeah. all. And it's not know. that I didn't want no, no, know, no, your course, help. No, no, no. It, but, it, it, but by any stretch, it's just that if if I if the, the, been fucking ranting and raving about commitment and putting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like for years and then all of a sudden I'm behaving in a way which lacks commitment and lacks belief in what I'm doing and lacks belief in what I have imagined is a possible thing and it you know ev every one of us is capable of looking in the mirror and not seeing what what is there uh, right I, not seeing what is reflected and 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 you know and I and I looked and I looked and I looked and and you know finally it just it was just like no no this is who you are you will Go to the, you know, you will, and if it's a money thing, you'll go to the fucking poorhouse in order to make this thing a reality. <laughs> and, and, but more importantly, you, Mark, are a fucking control enthusiast. <laughs> and the last thing you're going to do is to take advice, which is being given with the left hand <laughs> while the right hand is holding out a stack of money. And I think that and that's that's one of the things that I'll always separate because there there was some outs there. It's not like people don't want to invest in Mark. It's like that. There's a, a line of people that would gladly jump on you know any idea or thing that comes along. All he has to do is ask generally, which you're not known for, um, thankfully. But that that's where I really like it. I can't stop smiling at that simple fact that um, maybe people don't realize it that. These conversations, these, um, like these are questioning of yourself. It stems in the greatest of us at every opportune, like every opportunity where the worst part is that people get tired of starting over again. They get tired of reinventing themselves. They want it to be easier. They want it to be guaranteed. They're tired of risking, but that's what makes shit so terrible. Like that's, I think it depends on how much a fight you have inside of you. Yeah, really. Uh, and that that will if nothing else if it's not a money thing, it is a it's a self-belief thing. Like what makes a fight great? Is it when the fighter isn't sure of himself? <laughs> or, or you know, is it is it when they, you know, don't believe in the sport anymore or they don't believe in the effort or they don't believe, you know, is it because is a fight good when they bet against themselves and take a fall just in order to leverage more money? Like a fight is great when two people come front to front with each other and then like two great things go at it. And that like you're, you're dealing with just force on force. It's just like a physics problem. And when you get somebody that is highly accomplished, has done pretty much, you know, kind of whatever you wanted to do. And then you are faced with an obstacle and of my own creation. Uh, totally. And you have the opportunity to fucking back down and, and act like a more, sensible person like think about any any, any fight in any any art form mm -hmm. 
filmmakers fighting to get their film made, the film usually has more balls to it mm. as opposed to something that had shit tons of money thrown at it. And you've just mentioned the name of a movie that mm. probably falls into that category. Mm. I was in several punk bands back in the 80s and we put our own music out. We put, we were doing, you know, what, you know, Ian MacKay has mm. lovingly referred to as DIY. <laughs> and, and, that, and we really did. I mean, we didn't have any expertise to mm -hmm. go into the recording studio and we weren't masters, we weren't engineers, so we hired people. We paid money mm -hmm. that we were, you know, I worked in a pizzeria when I was 16 or whatever, and I used that money. Uh, you know, three of us, three mm -hmm. out of four of us contributed money towards putting this 45 RPM out. <laughs> and uh, so we had to pay for the studio time. And, you know, you can't go in there. What, what was that for single? Was it Human Torch? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was on that. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> the one that Randy played. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 17 when I'm playing on, the, on that record. That's and, fucking and, crazy. But you guys, but you put the money up, yeah. and then you made the slipcases. Yeah, we made them in my mom's, uh, in my parents' uh, basement. Remember that? <laughs> remember that line? Get out of your parents' basement. <laughs> well, we actually, yeah, but we put that uh, to to good use. We had uh, there's a whole bunch of punks and a bunch of uh, paint, and uh, we had a giant stamp made for the back of it, and we glue, we hand glued the sleeves for the slipcases, and you know today when I saw the folding and the cutting and mm -hmm. and yeah. all of your work on all these pallets I was I was reminded of that the fact that we you know we did everything and, and at no point when I was 16 17 when I was doing that that I go fuck this is a lot of work I, I wish we had done we had just done the one deal whereby they do everything and they farm it out yeah. and someone else puts their own label we even the label the paper label that's glued the onto the, to vinyl, the vinyl we had um, an image of the from the you know our logo or whatever it's a, like the world with a stomach ache or mm. the world with the it's got a headache it's got it's, what the world you know re needs right now is a clear head that was like the, the motto of the band mm. so it's got the world like it's from the National Enquirer in the 1980s and the the, 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 the world's got a headache he's going oh god so we put that on one <laughs> side and on the other it was like the listing of all the tracks yeah. with all of our names and arranged by and whatever else what was it? Six, seven tracks, maybe uh, nine tracks. I can't really remember. I mean, we had one song that was 33 seconds long. Nice. Right? It was a hardcore song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. So, okay, great. Did that. And then years later, when I decided to put the band back together again, I found all the members when I was on Facebook. I found them on Facebook. I used mm -hmm. Facebook for one good thing anyway. Yeah. I found everybody. And so I, I had this yeah, idea. And I talked my aunt out of a keto diet. <laughs> so that's number two so there's two there's benefit right there but it's like we're gonna you know let's what do you think about this idea so you start putting funding the idea out there and i talked to one guy who we are all, all in bands back in, in the 1980s and he's still in the music industry he's elvis mm. costello's guitar technician oh shit yeah and he got the job because the regular technician was hung over and didn't show up for work on time and tim doesn't drink Nice. So that nice. look at them now. Sobriety right? So whatever. Sobriety wins. Um, <laughs> drunken losers. Uh, so he said to me, um, it's gonna, probably going to cost you about 10 grand to do this, to put the band back together, do a reunion show, put out a CD, make some shirts. It's going to be about 10 grand. But you can't put a price on personal art projects. And 
He was almost correct to down to the dollar because I had to fly out every month mm. for all the band practices because mm. none of us had played together in 25, 26 years. Yeah. And I still play. I, I had electronic drums. I've had drums, you mm. know, I, I was the drummer who whoever doesn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and the band to, uh, to, to, to which you're referring is uh, the Porcelain Forehead. Porcelain Forehead. That's correct. Yeah. I didn't come up with the name. The name actually was from the singer, Mike. He, he, he dropped a lot of acid and he came up with it because he had a, some bizarro trip, you know, some, some walking around with a giant porcelain forehead, something like that. I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> My brain is falling out. <laughs> Ergo, the, 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 the world yeah. with the headache. Anyway, I'm kind of going, I'm staying on the same course with mm. doing it yourself funding it yourself. I mean, I put $10,000 of my own money into putting my band back together and doing a couple of shows. We opened for Jello Biafra's new band at the time, the, Guantan the Guantanamo School of Medicine for all of his East Coast dates. And um, I got to meet Jello, who I uh, kind of idolized when I was 16, 17 years old and very sharp, very uh, uh, intelligent individual. And we had some great conversations and, and uh, just a great guy. It was good to know that when you finally meet your heroes, they're not total assholes, right? Or they mm. put, you know, they just kind of just dismiss you or whatever. And so I put, I, I did all this. And even with this particular documentary project, you know, I'm funding everything myself. Mm. We don't have investors at the moment. And uh, so. <laughs> Investment opportunity right here, folks. <laughs> okay, there we go. You heard it first on the Bicec <laughs> podcast. You're getting on the ground <laughs> level. Yeah. No, 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 no. Getting on the underground on level. On the underground level, yeah. which means yeah. you don't get a credit. Yeah, um, exactly. So anyway, so this has been a big part of my life. Mm. So when I see Mark doing this, and I see my friend with his work on these pallets, and I see the care and attention going into what is absolutely stunning, gorgeous photography. Mm. And uh, I'm, I was very proud and I was humbled to be there. And I'm glad that I got some kick-ass shots of all this production while we were there um, uh, today and uh, the past two days. So. Mm. I, I think this, you know, the, the DIY thing, and we've, we've, we've said it and we've done it and sometimes, you know, paid dearly for the, uh, <laughs> for the opportunity to do it ourselves yeah. or, or for, you know, whatever, but, it, but it, it's, it's come up, you know, it came up, it's come up over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden we're, uh, I'm confronted with a project, you know, if you make the climbing metaphor, it's just like, yeah, I climbed these, you know, a, a series of, you know, the lower peaks or less difficult ones and through a progression and get up to finally get up to the big one, the thing that I've imagined, the great white whale, you know, whatever the fuck it is. And then I confront and then I start looking at it and thinking like, I got to compromise my ideals in order to do this thing. Um, because it's too big or I can't wrap my head around it. And that's, and, and I, two things happened, you know, to, to in, in my head after I, I committed to making the book, one of them, somebody had said something, yeah, every book takes about two years to make. And I'm like, yeah, because after two fucking years, you're so sick of it that you just want to get it done and you're willing to do just about anything to like, I'll compromise. I'm good. I'm stop. done. Yeah. I'm out. Tiles down. It, it, yeah. It's so there, 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 there's that, that part of it. But then, uh, there, there was also, you know, looking at that the the enormity of the project and and, 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 and 
to, 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 to print, to do the stuff. That, like we're all afraid of being ignorant. We're all, we're mm. all afraid of looking bad in the eyes of others, of not knowing everything that we're you know, supposed to know or we have lied to people about actually knowing or whatever. And this just had given me the opportunity to fucking learn. I mean, mm. if, if nothing else came out of this, the, the education of, you know, putting the book together, of you know, teaching myself how to use the, the, the you know, InDesign software and, and came up in, in the conversation, you know, we had a couple of celebration beers with, uh, with Andy Wayman who runs Paragon Press. And, uh, and one of the things he said was, you know, when he came on board, he's like, uh, we found a lot of people come to us and ask us to do their book. And, you know, the, no, no, to really do their book, which <laughs> which means the, the 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 print shop is, you know, making the layout, doing all the photo editing and this and that. And he said, and this is the first time that anyone's ever come to us and wanted to do all of it himself to, to you know, to, to learn it. It's short of like buying a fucking printing press, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to certain things absolutely have to be, you know, handed off. But. You know, I I just said look, I'd, and I would talk with Chris Hamilton, the um, who's in charge of prepress. You know, often um, like okay, this I need to do this. How do I do this? How do I export this properly? Oh, this is the reason that it's not happening is because your 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 export parameters are set up in a certain way that it's it looks right. But here, you know, no, this is how you do it to make it to to make the file talk to the computer in the right way that it can that I can you know burn the plate that goes in the press that turns on the drum that picks up the ink that then offloads the ink onto the other drum which is covered by a rubber blanket and that one once it has the ink on it then it hits the paper and transfers that ink to that piece of paper and then that piece of paper goes on its way and maybe gets a second color of ink i mean we're using a duotone process so it's you know black ink goes down first and then the gray ink goes down and the aqueous coating goes down and then it gets baked and it gets shot out and they're stacked up on this palette and then you you know run a little analyzer over you know, there's it, all of the uh, every quadrant of the uh, of the of the sheet of paper has got uh, 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 some some numbers assigned to it, and so you can tell. Oh, look, this is this this uh, this this channel, this track right here, number seventeen and number you know sixteen through twenty right here. Yeah, they're we're we're trying to hit a density of one point seven five in terms of you know the the, the ink, and this like th- you know three or four points over, so that's why it's red. And so now we need to dial that back, and then you know all of this stuff is going on, and and and. And, and looking at, um, but but I wanted to do, and I couldn't do that part. And it, it was a it was a joy to watch guys who've been doing it for twenty years, for thirty years, who just could look at something and know exactly the sort of shifts to make in terms of what telling the machinery what to do. I you and know, Stuart I, and Mark, the two technicians who were there, yeah, they were so into it. Yeah, Stuart was especially really in, invigorated. It just seemed like the project was of such interest for him to look at. He was getting such joy in looking at what you were, and he was actually—he actually told me that—that that it was amazing for him to to you know be witnessing that. And so Mark had to sign off on each one of the proofs once they uh, agreed that the levels were what they needed to be. Mark had to sign off, and so Andy, what Andy was saying was that you know when people say, "Can you do my book?" Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there for you know. I'm going to sign off, and they do seven pages and then they go yeah okay i gotta go and go to walmart or costco or something whatever got some tv to watch i mean mark, mark, mark signed every single page 
Every single one. And he stayed. I was there because I know. <laughs> and, Ian, and Ian stayed. And, and, I think, and, and, and last night, I mean, we were like, so we had 25 different signatures. So the book is 200 pages long um, and, and di- divided down with all of the imagery that's and the way it's laid out for the, that particular size and the size that the paper is. We had 25 different signatures. And so all of them had to be tested and dialed in exactly. And then I had to approve every single one. And so last night on number, you know, whatever time that was, 10 p.m. And we'd been there since 730. Something like that. Something like that. And and, and I was fucking exhausted. And, and signature 23 comes up and there's an image on it and there's something comes through. The, 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 the offset printing process brings out details that the digital stuff, like I could mm-hmm. never imagine. I mean, it's, but that also means it brings up, there's bringing out details it you know it will that can be both good and bad anomalies yeah <laughs> because it brought, it brought out the details of a fucking mistake mm-hmm. that is not visible on the monitor and it and and it was visible in one of the earlier proofs but i'd been looking at it for 2 years so mm-hmm. i didn't i couldn't see this aberration and when it popped last night i mean if i hadn't been there if i hadn't been you know can you imagine and and that particular image, the way that it was yeah. gotten, because nobody, you know, somebody else would have looked at it and gone, "Nah, it looks fine. That's a really mm-hmm. cool looking dog, or whatever." And 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 uh, um, and, and it would have gotten in the book, and I would have fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it was it just a. It's important. I mean, obviously, I'm into endurance efforts because we were there 14 hours the first day, and <laughs> um, you know, almost as much, you know, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, um. And, and and no sleep. I mean, I, I was so fucking like just energized and high the first night after. I think we got through. Maybe I don't think we got through. I think we got through ten forms that first day. Um, and I was I was just like wired and couldn't go to sleep. So, but you know that doesn't mean I get to come in late. I still got to you know be there. Yeah, you know, first press check eight a.m. You know you yeah. you know we'll we'll get it ready. And so no sleep and going in and, and Andy was just like, man, you can sit down. I'm like, no, I got to be here. I got to stay out here this whole time. I need to be one, but I need to hear these machines. I need to smell these smells. I need to watch these guys doing their thing because that's what this is. That's what this process is, um, is about. It's all of these things come together to eventually. And now, you know, tomorrow they cut and fold all of it. I'll see one final mock-up and then all of those, uh, signature you know boxes of signatures get sh- put on a truck and sent down to arizona for binding and we don't see shit for three weeks mm. i don't know yeah. what the fuck i'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna lose oh. my mind hey guys or whatever so you look up knitting i don't yeah, yeah. no i gotta work on the presentation there's plenty of plenty plenty to do but but just to be part of the process was amazing and i insisted on being there because it's like no, it's, it's mine yeah. i mean it's it's this thing i've been trying to do and i've been talking about for a really long time it's the thing it is also the project that i specifically avoided for a really long time because i was too scared and I didn't believe in it enough. And, you know, some people, hey, your pictures are great. Your writing's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. You've done this and you've done that. And you, and, and, and it would be amazing. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, man. I just don't, I just, I don't think it's that good. And you know, look at, oh, check that guy out. Check that girl out. I mean, that lady over there, she's shooting some amazing fucking pictures. And this mm-hmm. guy, look at, read the, read the way he writes. And, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and all, all of that stuff, it's like we're comparative by nature. Mm-hmm. And to, 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 to have doubt is, normal 
And whatever you yeah. think you're seeing from the outside, you're not. And I mean, I can only speak for, you know, in my case, I'm like, yeah, he's a, he was a super great mountain climber or whatever. That motherfucker was scared most of the time he was up there, even if he was up there by himself without a, you know, with no rope or whatever, still. Especially. Especially. Still, you know, scared. Always questioning. Always. And, and, and having this negotiation yesterday, we talk about it with fitness all the time. Of You get to the hard part and you're like, do I continue? Do I stop? You know, it'd be much easier if I just stopped or, and, and I didn't know you know, what, if something wasn't acceptable to me in the printing process, I didn't know because I've never done it before yesterday, what, um, my options were. So came across a couple of images and I'm like, man, I, these, something's not right about this. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, it's pulling out a bit more detail than, than I want in this particular zone. And it, you know, this, I'm sorry, the sky looks muddy. And I can't, I don't want the sky. You can't look muddy, you know, it needs to, it needs to be a, 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 a certain way. And, and I look at it for a little bit and I turn it around and I put it in this light and I put it in different light and I bend it so it doesn't glare or whatever. And looking at it and, and, and I said, Andy, I, I, I feel like I need to fix this. What do we do? And he goes, ah, well, we stop the presses right now. And, uh, we go and we, you know, do you have those images? Yeah, I got everything on the thumb drive. And okay, okay, we go out and we talk to Chris and and um, we tune the images to the way that you want them, and then we burn two new plates for this page. And then we, I'm, and I'm thinking burning plates, like oh my god, oh my god, look, I don't want to inconvenience you guys. I'm paying a fuck ton of money to inconvenience you guys if it's not perfect for me. You know, is what I realized ultimately because. And he was able to steer me in that direction. He just said, look, no, if you're not, don't give up. This is now not the time to compromise. You're the customer as well. But, but, the, but it's, but it's not even easy, the, but it's, it's, not, it's not like the customer business relationship thing. It's like, no. dude, oh, you've been working on for this, this for two years and you're going to let this slide. You're a fucking idiot. But yeah. it's, a, it's a siren of complacency. It yeah. calls so... Oh, it, I could let it go. I could just be, I could be yeah, okay. It's okay. It's Who's okay. It's good. honestly going to, I mean... If they're who's looking to object, who's gonna criticize? And if they do, yeah. fuck them. They're you know, yeah, they don't just, know what they're talking about. Just and, let it go. Just let it. Just let it through. It's not. It's not that <sighs> bad. And 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 <laughs> what we talked about tonight is like, oh well, what's it actually? Because there is a financial cost to burning new plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're and the presses are on hold for you know the hour that it's going to take to go through this process of yeah, the dudes are on. The, they're still on the clock. Yeah, right, so. they're they're getting paid. Nothing's you know. There's it's not free. Nothing, <laughs> none, none of it's. Oh, free. hang on, Mark's got a break here. You guys are. All, yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of a, a parable into fitness of like these efforts where if you agree to keep going, you just purchased yourself more pain. Yeah, like. <laughs> but you can, but you can quit, and then and and so I'm asking him like, what's it cost to you know burn a plate? And they're like, they're eighty bucks a piece. I'm like, okay, fuck. Uh, it, we're Pulling do, my we're, hair out is fucking expensive compared to that. And what he <laughs> what he said tonight was, you said I'm really glad that 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 first you know the first thing that you had that you changed you know the first images that you weren't acceptable and you you wanted to change them and, and we had to replate everything. He said I'm so glad you did that, and the you know the cost is nothing. He said. You that hundred and sixty dollars for replating, you know, for that one page. He said you would have drank that much in the first week after the book came out because you were so <laughs> fucking pissed that yeah, th- that you let that that you were complacent and let that slide. 
And it's true. It's it was it would be a you know it's like maybe it's okay you know because because it's just like it's laziness and there's yeah. a there's an you know physical laziness there's an intellectual laziness, and I was like having the negotiation the quit don't quit you know accept or you know resist in my head, just as I've done in the gym just I've done in the mountains you know, just about every situation I can think of in my life that comp, that negotiation has happened. And I insisted, and then so that got me to, and that and then that freed made you know, liberated me and made me free to make the decision last night on Form Twenty Three. When I saw it, I was just like, "Oh fuck it, we're shutting down the presses. You guys are, you know, I know you're here for another two hours, but, I'm, but we're not going on because this needs to get fixed, and I need to go get the, you know, go back to my computer, get the original image, um, and 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 see, and you know, f- figure out what needs to be done, and then we'll burn a plate and we'll start again tomorrow morning." And that's what happened. But if I hadn't won the first negotiation earlier in the day with myself about, you know, being complacent or being uh, right, (laughs) doing the right thing, maybe. Um, If I hadn't sort of won that negotiation, then, you know, who knows what would have happened last night. And and so the the, the parallels of this whole thing were, uh, you know, there were universal lessons being expressed the entire time of, you know, sort of producing this book. And they were tied to everything that I learned in the mountains, everything I ever learned, you know, know, training in the fitness environment and that stuff. It's that we're human beings and we're having human experiences and, and it's part of. And I think if it's, if it's not hard, you can't experience that moment. And it's not, it's not something that you can call joy or bliss or any, it's this, uh, payoff for yourself that you can see in somebody's eye when they accomplish something and nobody can pat you on the back and tell you that you're great. No amount of sales makes up for it. There's no, th- th- there's really nothing that can produce that effect other than pure accomplishment of your own will. Like I did this and I get to just take a second and notice what I did <laughs> and nothing else matters you can't even like, are you happy? Fuck you. Like I, that's yeah. the only reply you get. Like, let me have my moment. And that you can see that on your face and, and in your messages of like, I did a thing. And I know that, <laughs> that I know that expression because I remember when we played back the, like we played back the tracks of the music mm-hmm. that we had recorded. And when you play it back and you go, yeah, mm-hmm. I played good. It's not about me. Mm-mm. I played good, but we played good. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. I'm happy next track as opposed to you know fiddling with yeah. it but this that you know that elation which you're trying to kind of you know keep the lid on a little bit mm. i saw that because i was i saw that with mark yesterday sorry monday because i was there when he did the first sheet and it's and i'm looking and he's mm-hmm. looking he's got his glasses on he's looking and he's kind of going mm, um this spot here and so i go here we go this is gonna be good and uh, (laughs) and the guys were like initially they were kind of like whoa okay um all right i think that was that was the first that was the first sort of ignition and once they once that happened Mm. which it had to happen then they were like okay we get this guy okay cool now we're gonna start looking for the same things he's looking for Mm. which they did as opposed to going Okay, when's break time? Okay, when am I done? I got five more books to do. Wish this guy would go away. Yeah. 
like Mark was glued there. Came in for oxygen a couple of times, but was mostly out on the floor, mm. on the press floor the whole time. It was so. it was so fucking cool, um, and and it was so cool. I mean, if you're if you're you're listening and you and you care about any of this stuff, I mean, I I um, I think the quote was I blasted extensively on social media <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so for the pat, you know, all, all three days um, on my account on Vero, which you would have to join in order to see. Um, uh, I, I, I posted photos and video and some commentary, um, uh, you know, a lot of it through through the entire process of making, you know, this book all the way up and, until today and uh, a few more tonight. Um, and, and so if you were interested, it's, you know, Mark Twight on, on the, uh, the the Vero social media platform, V-E-R-O. You can get it off iTunes or whatever, uh, which is mostly what I use. I put a couple, post a couple pictures on Instagram um, last night just to sort of say, hey, what's going on right now it's kind of the culmination of a bunch of stuff um so so you could look at that thing and see a little bit of what i was seeing it was um it was like however expensive it is to make the thing it was it's like i'm going to school yeah i mean now i know what to look for you know and okay yeah this this mistake was made or this or if i could I, i i could i could figure out you know a better way to do this next time around um, with very, you know, very simple things, but if you never know how to do it and you, uh, then you'll never be able to figure, you know, if you don't know what you did wrong, you'll never be able to, you will never be able to fix it. It's the true everywhere. And, um, to push through and make this, um, a, 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 a reality is like, I feel, you know, how to slightly, uh, self-congratulatory moment on Monday evening because we actually, I think the first day, we put up a webpage to pre-sell some of the books um, on the on the nonprofit website. And, um, you know, the very first day we sold some. And, it's, and it is not dissatisfying to, like, when one is full of doubt yet also full of confidence in, you know, the output – but to have that reinforced um, by people, you know, spending actual money, which they exchange their time and their energy for, um, to 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 purchase a, a product that you know I am making, it was it was incredibly satisfying. But I realized, like sitting there, you know, Monday night, or no, it was probably Tuesday morning by that point, um, and and thinking like, oh, yeah, we've got. Well, now it's 54 episodes of a podcast. We put out four different, you know, in the same year. And then the year that we, you know, basically put out 54 episodes of the podcast, we produced four zines Mm -hmm. and we held a symposium and we taught people and and several of the people who attended the first symposium (laughs) are coming back for the second one because even though the curriculum, you know, it'll change naturally because we're different people and we learned a lot from the first one. um, But you know, those people found uh, that what we are doing is valuable, has value for them in in some way to spend their real, real money, which, you know, they had to, you know, give away some of their time and some of their energy in order to have that money, in order to give it to us to so that we will share some of our time and energy. Um, well, I think... And I was just thinking, like, we fucking built something. <laughs> we have made... 
you know, it, it, it started in a conversation. I mean, it's, it started a long, long time ago with mm. the, the various projects that, you know, Michael and I have worked on together. Um, but I just, I felt like, okay, now this is serious. Because the zine you don't really take seriously. It's like some dude in his basement with a fucking mimeograph machine or whatever. You know, it's just like, um, and 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 a podcast. It's like guys sitting around talking. And yeah, we fucking tore our fucking hair out, like trying to make it sound right and do get the editing right and this and that. And and you know, a lot of effort and energy goes into it. And and um and and all of these little pieces came together. And it just for me, it just it, you know the culmination of like standing out there on that floor and realizing, like. This is going to, these pallets of fucking paper with ink on them and that sort of thing. This is going to be a physical, this is a book. You can't fucking ignore a book. Because, you know, the, the, it, this is uh, like for me, and I, and, I, and I think now that Refuge, you know, for what I see in the future that, that we will do, Refuge is the, is the very solid and deep foundation that the rest of the stuff sits on. And I remember being, uh, on, I think it was 11 o'clock. I could, the timing, somebody will have it and you'll have it and you'll have a text of it or something. But I was right there when you, when you were like, we just sold the first book. <laughs> so the first yeah. one was a fucking accident. Somebody is indexing <laughs> the site. I loaded one in to test uh, the shipping and to test some other things. So I loaded one into inventory. Uh-huh. And when I went to go test it, I got an email that it sold and I was like, what the, f like, was that me? No, I haven't bought it yet. And I went back and saw some guy was literally indexing, just waiting. And then as soon as it populated, he purchased it. And so he didn't even have to pay shipping for it, which I gave it to him because, hey, if you're going to sit there and wait <laughs> you for can, this stuff to happen. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was, it's cool. And that's when I kind of smile because I, I like, I literally don't think anybody's paying attention. Yeah. Like I, I work, whenever we put up a symposium, I'm like, is anybody going to fucking show up? That my first worry is like, oh, and I like, you know, I don't want to be weird about it, and and like, hey, everybody, come to our thing, because I don't want to sound desperate, but fuck, if we only have three people, we're gonna look like losers. And you spent all that time and money on preparing and food, we organize yeah. quite a bit, and you know, it is not we're not asking little of people, and I think the if people wonder, because some people will scoff at it, they'll see prices, them fuck. This guy's charged way too much. Well, we could say right now that uh, for the symposium that's happening on the 16th and 17th of February, mm. with the pregame on the night of the 15th, <laughs> but um, uh, that of the that we had two spots that were available for $3,100. Mm -hmm. Those are gone. Yes. We had five spots for $1,900. Those are gone. Yes. There are some remaining spots at the $1,100 piece the cheapest ones the yeah. cheapest ones yeah so to me when i look at that and when i started looking at the okay the there's a special edition of refuge mm -hmm. there we only we will only make 250 copies um and then the other 750 copies are the normal one mm -hmm. and so the normal one the cost for that book is 119 dollars plus shipping mm -hmm. and that will vary according to your location but if you wanted to buy the special edition uh, you know, it's going to cost you $239. You will note that both of those are prime numbers if you're, you know, into that shit. Um, <laughs> but, and, 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 and also shipping. And it turned out that like, it, it's been skewed probably 60, 40, hmm? something about, like that, yeah. about that towards the more expensive version. And I'm just like, what in yeah. the fuck so what we are you know it just reminds me i guess well i guess what we are doing maybe you know people find valuable in some way 
And there's or, some, or it's you know. Charity. I think we've I, sold <laughs> risk as a beneficial thing. Is it how yeah. I, I view it now? Because I mean, because when there's a a thirty one hundred dollars spot for the seminar, um, and it it looks no different from the nineteen dollars <laughs> spot, which looks no different from to the you know than the eleven hundred dollars spot. You just have to trust that if you give that extra money, that you are going to get more, and uh, and you would. You will, but you can't because it's fucking sold out. (laughs) I recall having this conversation with Mark uh, last year in his uh, apartment. We were talking about books, and and I said, what you got to do with this refuge book, this there refuge book? (laughs) You got to have the the slipcases made from the wood of the original ice axes that you had. And he goes, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. And knew he was going to buy that shit. I said, I'd buy that shit. I buy that stuff, that limited edition crap. Well, I say crap mm-hmm. figuratively, but because I'm that dude, I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that buy that stuff. So there, there for sure are, and it's proof is the fact that this stuff is selling. So there are a like-minded individuals who do like-minded things that include getting special editions that are yeah. not the regular version you know so and when it comes and and it's far you know with, with that and like this different pricing on the on the on the symposiums or um it, it, yeah it's 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 more access it's more time it's more uh you know interaction it's you know what what are you what are you buying but um the you're buying risk you're taking a risk yeah you're 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 but you're also expressing trust yeah rather than you know doubt and and you know it's not a I, I what i hope is that people understand that this is a this is a double-sided worry like ooh i'm going to spend this money and on our side we're like oh shit someone's spending this money someone spent that money <laughs> and they don't understand the the mm-hmm. the amount of time and actual worry that goes into that it, it is a huge uh, inconvenience for my sleeping patterns <laughs> around that time and probably why it takes so long to recover and and it's from a business standpoint, from a cool, we made a thing and it and it and it's getting momentum and it's starting to work in a way that's very organic. And although we haven't taken a time out of this whole thing over since we've started, in fact, we've lost quite a bit. But it feels like it is something. It feels like it's it's something that I mean, we were right. This this is spe- we're not the only ones that think that what we're talking about and what we're discovering and what we're producing is special. There's other people that feel that uniqueness that we put into it. And that, that reminds me. And every time I worry about something, as soon as somebody orders refuge or signs up for a symposium, it instills a fear in me oh, man. that I'm going to be found out that I'm going to, Oh fuck. Who, oh shit. Now I have to actually get my shit. To, now it's time to start really fucking getting after it. But it's, but it also <laughs> in, it inspired, like I would say that, you know, the first say 20 books or whatever, you know, after 20 books had had sold on Monday, well, I'm still watching these fucking things come you know, <laughs> on paper, getting fed through a printing press. Um, and, and I, I realized like, Oh my God, I want to make this as good as possible. I mean, I've already gone mm. through that. I'm going to make, you know, I was already making it as good as possible, but it was an added impetus that people were watching, that people were paying attention. I'm like, my God, I'm going to, I need to be, this thing needs to be, when I hand someone 
the copy that they spent a bunch of money on to them and I look them in the eye, I need to believe that I'm you need giving, to be able to look them in the eye. I need to be able to look them in the eye. I need to be able to, you know, to, to know that I, look, I am giving you the best of myself that I didn't compromise it, you know, 10 o'clock last night or whatever it, 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 yeah. it was that, that I took the time to learn how to, to actually make the thing because I want to know each piece of the entire process. And, and I think if people could ask like, you know, what do you guys do? Or that question comes up and we're like, eh, I don't. what I would like to answer them with is that, um, people are always trying to scale and sell to a bunch of people and do this whole thing and make their empire bigger and be, they, they're, they're gleaming for some kind of success that's off in the background. And what I would say, I want to produce something that makes people realize that they should quit fucking thinking about how to scale whatever and grow for, you know, whatever thing that they're trying to do and that they learn to love a process so deeply that they can, look somebody in the eye when they hand them their product and whatever that is. It doesn't even have to be for sale. It's just, you produce something. You took nothing. You had an idea that generated. I mean, I wrote about this on, um, the, the space I like you turned an electrical signal in your brain into a chemical reaction in your body. And you went and created something like you exchanged all these fucking things. And now you have something and that takes energy. And I, that, like, I don't know, what do you do for a living? I'm like, hopefully I transmit that idea. I don't know how to sum that up in one fucking title on a right. business card, but it's like, I want to instill that kind of moment in people where they appreciate what went into it. I don't even care if you like the work. Like, I don't care if you like Ray's or if you think, uh, you know, my writing sucks or that my pictures aren't that good or, you know, whatever we produced fitness wise, isn't that fit? Whatever thing I don't, I don't care about that. That's not a, a, a uh, it's a meaningless critique of what's actually going on. Um, but I think if you notice, like your stuff gets better, you like you're producing higher quality things that are deeper and deeper seated. Like they have all these roots to them. It's almost like if people could, there's this weird tree that grows. I forgot where it goes. It has like a specific name. This seems like a tangent, but it's not. Okay. When you look at a, a big, <laughs> when, when you look at a big beautiful tree, you're like, oh, cool. Like it's really old and it grow. And look at the, you know, the foliage, foliage, <laughs> foliage, foibles, foibles. <laughs> look at the you look foibles. at you look at all these things and you're like, okay, that's great. And that, you know, that's superficial. That's the stuff that's on the top. But there's this tree that grows that is equal in root size to growth or fruit whatever they oh call above it. above ground so yeah, yeah, equal yes. below ground as yeah. above and that's what i feel most people um don't know what is valuable when they try to plant something they just care what comes out of the ground and what other people can see and is it showy is it big is it tall does it produce like shiny fruit that tastes good and that's sweet don't care about the roots yeah they don't care how stable everything is and what i notice about almost all the things that Mark is involved with is their roots are equal to what people can see. Like the stuff that they can't see is equally as complex and beautiful or, or, you know, mysterious and, 
you know, tragic in the same way. The iceberg's like, bigger on the bottom than yeah, it is exa- on the top. And, and, and I hate that fucking analogy, but when when you see this tree, it's 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 a fairly well known tree. Someone's gonna fucking tell me the name of it. Some weird oak. Hopefully, it'll be too late. So yeah, we could all get on our phones right now and then leave I that could look uncomfortable it up, silence. Well, we were talking about icebergs <laughs> last night. That's why I made that analogy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I, and that, that's like, oh, the icebergs. Yeah. Are, you know, the bottom of the iceberg is always more, and that that works. That's, that's a very similar thing. Until There's some part of the top falls off and, yeah, and you're crushed and, and then the, the, then the bottom dragged the under while they're rotating sure Ex- except for I'll use a, tr- a tree <laughs> he's like guys shut up yeah <laughs> a tree has to grow for a purpose though like it it needs you know it needs its roots for food and it needs all the other stuff to in, inherently process and 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 spread its genes so they, there's this multi-purpose thing that's going on. And I think like mimetically, that's what we're trying to do. Like we're giving people a glimpse of this fruit, but it's deep seated in all our fears and stuff is in the ground growing and trying to get more stable. And that, that, that just works for me somehow. And I think I've watched this whole process and seen like, yeah, no one will ever see when they pick up refuge, they can feel the quality. They'll, they'll look at the pictures and they'll appreciate them. No one will deny that part, but Hopefully, if they hear this and they read something about it and it, and it gets more exposed, they'll understand that they're holding something that is just like a glimpse of what went into it. And that, yeah. that that's my real hope. And they're also holding something that is going to last, which I, I think, you know, part of the, um, you know, int- renewed interest and it's something that... Um, uh, we've been talking about the print industry a little bit the past few days and uh, and and there is you know re- there is renewed interest in um you know in print and it's not just zines that you know that, that we make but it's um and and, and the, you know the magazines are not not uh, experiencing growth in the way that actual books are and i think to my, myself i think it's that's kind of a backlash um uh against the the impermanence or the transience of like the, just the, the content, you know, the, the, the constantly blasted accumulate, you know, blasted out content of, you know, imagery and, you know, that you, you Instant see every day. Gratification. It's, it's, and, and it's, and yeah. it, it's, and I think it's, so I'd say it's a, it's a backlash against quantity um, ahead Versus of quality. quality yeah. and, and vinyl records, and, man, vinyl records. And also. there's another thing that's, you know, come back that, you know, CDs turned out didn't, you know, destroy the music industry no. or this or that or no. whatever. In fact, you know, people discovered certain things and then, you know, via streaming, via CDs, you know, the digital counterproduction. And then you, you see somebody listen to their first vinyl record on a good set of headphones with the proper thing and... Like oh my god it's a it's a it's a whole new world yeah. and when you hold a and this is why we produce the zines in the first place it's like when you hold something physical in your hand it's yeah. completely different than swiping up or down or sideways mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck um, and looking at it on your you know t- tiny little digital device where it doesn't you know look that. Good I don't in, even anyway. remember my own articles that I wrote digitally. <laughs> like someone will yeah. quote and I'm like, Dave. Reznor said the that? same thing recently on the release of their yeah. new uh, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you know, the band that keeps breaking, not breaking up, but uh, with the final tour, we're done. We're not doing anything else. And then, boof, there's another tour. Um, <laughs> I, I, I say that with, uh, you know, I, I, I respect Trent Reznor immensely, and uh, he, you know, he's on that uh, latest album. There's Bad Bad Witch, I believe it's called. Um, he was specific about uh, the temporary nature of the digital era and that, you know, 
some of no, no, maybe not necessarily him, but I know there's some artists out there who you know, ban cell phones from concerts mm. because mm. they tools one of them, but they'll you know they want you to experience the 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 aura that is the concert it's yeah. in the, the music the, present. Yeah, in yeah <laughs> the music the lights this the energy you don't get that when you're holding your fucking no. phone up taking a video and <laughs> you know everybody does it everybody mm -hmm. does it i've done it but you know i take a shot and then i put my phone away mm -hmm. and or i'll just be so enamored with the performance that i won't even but anyway what i'm getting at is <laughs> you know he's kind of just he's fed up with that even though you know digitally he's making he's making a profit from all that stuff right but um but apparently it's not the most important no thing. and so vinyl records re releasing stuff on vinyl he's again johnny limited edition and people will pay it all that stuff sells out right so yeah. what did i just recently buy the Doolittle of the Pixies album's been repressed on clear vinyl with some artwork, and it's a box set was like ninety bucks, and I could have just got, could have got, I could have bought the digital um, version of it or on iTunes or just gone on Spotify and not given the band any money, even though they probably don't need it. But you know, it's the same thing. It's like yeah. So, but I'm I'm a guy who buys stuff. Um, what I mean by that is. Um, physical things like mm -hmm. yeah. i buy books i buy magazines i buy the blu-rays of the movies that i've either i don't of the films that i enjoy watching this this dialogue that we started um about you know you films that make have an impact you know art that made an impact to you i like to have that stuff it's stuff i know it's stuff and it doesn't yeah. complete me but you know but it is an experience yes. you know that like to, to take the final record out of the, absolutely read know, the outer sleeve read, the yeah. inner sleeve read the liner notes yeah. hold on to read it, the lyrics you know you place it on that. the turntable i mean it's 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 a it's it is a very different experience than like oh what's this playlist and oh, i'll just put it on yeah. shuffle and then my the algorithm will decide what i get to listen to exactly. rather than the listening algorithm. with intent um and so it's like 10 after midnight and i was gonna Mm. go to bed early tonight and that didn't happen it did not happen um but <laughs> no, i was to get you to bed earlier <laughs> yeah well, yeah i suppose that's true yeah and with less stress so a lot less stress tonight because mm -hmm. you know now it's fully out of my hands yeah There's no more input that unless I can... you're gonna hitch a ride on the back of that truck down to arizona yeah i mean even then what am i gonna tell the binder <laughs> hang on hang on that page is you know yeah i mean it's in and, and it, buddy it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it has been quite a <laughs> curious thing to negotiate some of the things that's like not and not price wise. It's like we say, what kind of we you know the, the signatures before they get glued into the back of the binding and you know they they have to be stitched, and mm -hmm. so there's 13 signatures total or yeah, I think it's 13 with 25 forms. You know, that's what it turned out to be. Um, and some of them are, you know, in, in, in where the two pages come together, where the stitching is going to go through. Some of them are, you know, some of them are just like super dense black ink. So many of the pages in the book are black with white text on them. Imagine that. You know, that sounds some, hard to read. It's, it's super, yeah, <laughs> fairly demanding. Um, and, and, and then some of the pages are, you know, are, are, are white. But we chose, okay, down the center of all of the, all the signatures, well, we're, we're stitching this book together with black thread. Because I'd rather see black thread on the white pages than white thread on the black pages. Exactly. But it, but it, it, I would never have you know had the opportunity to have this conversation had this whole thing not happened. But uh, um, so 
the book right now um, is, you know, we're going to, uh, it's available for pre-sale mm. or you know, may or may not be, we might take that away, you know, whatever. But um, uh, if you pre-sale, if you pre-sale before uh, February 1st, it'll ship out February 18th. Okay. Is the plan. Yeah. Barring. So we're, yeah, the first, yeah, everything that's purchased up to February 1st uh, gets shipped on the 18th. On the 15th, um, here at the, uh, what, fuck, what are we going to call this? Uh, I mean, not the place, because I know it is the nonprofit uh, event is center. Is there any confusion? Yeah. No, there's not any confusion on that. <laughs> but I was kind of thinking about the, the thing, because they're going to give a sort of spoken word performance and, 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 and maybe multimedia presentation, whatever, mm-hmm. about the sort of the making of the book, the story of the book, how it happened, you know, how, what it means to me. Um, at that time, uh, we'll have somewhere, we'll have a little art gallery show here with 10 or 12 prints from the book, and those will not be small. Um, <laughs> uh, prints, it'll, I guess it's kind of like a gallery show. I don't know. Um, after the presentation of the book is, is done, um, we're going to host a live podcast, mm-hmm. Q&A from the audience. Uh, that's going to happen on the night of February 15th. I think we're going to start around 530, 630. Uh, six, 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 get there by five, whatever there's details in the show notes. We'll be <laughs> late. <laughs> <laughs> Nonprofit.media figure, you know, there, there's some information there. Um, that's going to happen. There's a symposium that, and, and uh, people who attend the symposium on the 16th, 17th, will get into that Friday night show for free. Yes. Um, and, uh, if you're interested in the symposium, there's information on the website about that, mm-hmm. as well as the book. Um, and uh, if you happen to be in Salt Lake on the evening of July, July, that'd be oh. awesome. That's good. That'd, <laughs> plenty that'd, of be, time. Plenty of time. No, on the evening of January 25th, which is you know not not too far out, um, you should uh, if tickets are still available, you should drop by uh, REI. Here in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. where uh, my dear friend Kristen Elmer, she's um, sc- you know doing the premiere of her uh, movie that she's been working on for the last little bit, um, which coincides in or it's a it's a piggybacks on the, on her book The Art of Fear, and uh, I am a, uh, a present in the in in the movie. We did a little interview. She went around interviewing a lot of. Um, sort of top athletes high you know involved in sort of high risk sports about their relationship with fear so i and i I watched the trailer you can find the trailer on vimeo i i think it's called Uh, the facing fear facing something in in, ouch i should before i start promoting something i should know what the fuck it is but um (laughs) anyway so so she's going to uh premiere that that show at at rei here isn't the voice of fear Voices of fear. Voices, Voices of, of fear. fear. There we go. So she's speaking to people. Voices and we, of fear. Mm, yeah, that's it. And uh, and so, uh, Kristen, on the night of the January twenty fifth, after the the movie premieres, Kristen and I are going to do a uh, sort of just the two of us up front and do a little Q and A. Awesome. Um, with the audience, I committed today to do that. Uh, so uh, um, you know uh, uh, about fear and about the movie and about th- that stuff. So um, I- if you're around, you can get a ticket. It might be fun. Um, I will uh, not hold back, I guess. Um, uh, Mr. Twain, and, uh, can you tell me uh, how the actors were trained on 300? Uh, next question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly. How to, <laughs> if you can drop and give me 20, 
I'll be happy to answer you. Um, it, Ian, where's um, one of the, I, I go every now and then, and I can't remember where, but on, on your website, there's a, there's a, some pretty cool footage that you shot underwater. Mm. Oh, uh, dorsalfin.net is my, um, website. And, uh, and the, the list of the, of movies that, um, uh, Ian has worked on it. it it's, it, it's amazing. And, and, and shooting underwater. Uh, I mean, he was telling a story last night, um, about a, I don't know. <laughs> evading a mini tsunami that was caused by a you know ice cliff calving Gosh. off of something you know while they're in you know sub freezing water in Norway and it's only liquid because it's got salt, salt right, in exactly. it um and i yeah we were sharing like scary fucking iceberg stories last night hence the reference oh. uh, just a, just a <laughs> moment, a moment ago <laughs> um but you don't give a it, shit how deep the iceberg is. You just don't want it to fall off and hit you. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no or to, or to you know roll over and yeah. send a gigantic wave with chunks. Oh, two hundred pounds for the small chunks at you while you're floating in water. <sighs> you know the camera housing and dry suit and all that just stuff. Fucking crazy stuff. It's um it, it, it it's uh it, it there aren't many people in the world who do your job. You're correct. And it, I think it's therefore got to be one of the coolest fucking jobs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it has its uh, it has its times where it's uh, where all the elements come together, like any job. Uh, it is well, job any profession. Uh, yeah. It comes with um, its share of frustrations, and um, but those frustrations are part of the process, and they outweigh. Sorry, the uh, the the um, the. Um, Elation, I guess. I still love what I do. If I didn't, I would have packed it in years yeah. ago. So I still, uh, I still love what I do, and uh, the, that that elation outweighs uh, any frustrations. I know they're gonna. I know that the frustrations are gonna come up. I, it's you're 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 just not um, aware of the process if you don't think they're gonna come up. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Um, one last thing, I guess, before we go, because I was trying to thinking about mentioning it before, um, for refuge, mm. uh, cover art by Randy Ratcliffe, forward, written by Zack Snyder, and uh, so it's it's two hundred pages, hundred and. 18, 115 something images, bunch, a lot of, you know, that's a bunch, maybe less words than people are expecting, but, uh, it's only a dollar a picture. <laughs> you get the words for free. Outstanding. <laughs> and if, and if we, and if I'd really had a lot of money, I would have made it in color, but I couldn't afford it. So that's why it's black and white folks. Um, <laughs> I, Michael, do you have? Uh, did we cover everything that we had hoped to cover? We did. If one? people, um, the only I've been fighting because we haven't had enough time to get a supporters T-shirt out, and oh. I'm afraid we won't in time. So I was trying to think of a clever way in how to invite people into doing, um, like partaking in the supporters theme that goes on because yeah. the people that bought the die uh the descent shirt um obviously got more than what they bargained for they got access to a 
secret-ish site. Well, <laughs> oh no, we can talk about it. Yeah, because, I was like, yeah. I think people know. Yeah. And on there, we actually we wanted a way for you know to. But they were all. But that, if they if they were supporters, they could they could also petition to come to the first symposium yes. uh, on a scholarship. So we want to do the scholarship again. Yeah, um, it will only be for the supporters, and we want a clever way on how to do it. So I've thought about it. I can't. I don't have time to put out the T-shirt that I wanted in time. We'll do that eventually. Um, I think I'll do a version of Refuge. It'll be a third version on the site for 24 hours. Okay. It will come with something extra that will be secretive because you never. There's some faith involved into it. Yeah. You got to take the risk and you got to trust. Apparently. It will be more expensive. No. Yes. But it'll give you access to our quote-unquote waiting room, and it'll allow people to apply for a scholarship. Your shirts are super cool. <laughs> I just I, thought I would throw that out I'm there. Just, I'm not going to promise anything, but maybe the I secret thing is a T-shirt. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There may a be of, a field in there that asks for your size shoe and 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 shirt. Yep, shoe, shoe. I don't, uh, you the know, Nike decade. Shoe. <laughs> I just, just, just saying, just saying. We could get crazy. We're making big money yep. now. Yeah, now that we're selling books. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I am, <laughs> you know. And after uh, after Mark's uh, film is finished, we're gonna be um, we're gonna be doing another film. No. <laughs> oh, Details to follow. Um, okay. That'll be an Easter there's egg. A lot, yeah, there's a lot of little projects going on. We'll so, release this before I release <laughs> that. So there is a um, uh, there is an Instagram page for the doc. Mm. Yes, Reality Bath Film. There I we believe. Go. You believe? I believe. <laughs> I know because Meg <laughs> is like once you uh, threw me with the Kristen thing. I thought, oh, oh no, I don't even know the name of my own damn movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know the name of the film. I just uh, it's, it's a working reality, title. Reality Bath Film. So yeah. So on, on Instagram, re- Reality Bath Film. They'll you know s- slowly some things will get teased out, I guess. Yes. Um, and uh, no schedule on the, on, on on release because because why would there be? It took me okay, <laughs> two years to make a goddamn book. I must be must take longer to make a you know. It's like a, it's like the bottom of an Italian restaurant's menu. Good food takes time. (laughs) Yeah. Or something like that. It was a really bad Italian accent. I was going to say, that was sort of the Russian Italian. (laughs) Good food (laughs) takes a very good time. Oh my God. (laughs) All right, we can wrap it. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, gentlemen, for having yeah. me uh, on the show. Absolutely. Damn. Thank you for... What an unexpected pleasure, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for... I think we uh, had no idea. Tim, because I don't think if we didn't make it last minute, he would... He'd oh, I had, I had no idea. I was, I was, you, you, what, what? I'm going in here? What? Michael's <laughs> making me coffee? What? <laughs> <laughs> we have We're, our ways. <laughs> exactly. Bribed um, by coffee. Michael, thank you for uh, all the work that you've <laughs> been putting into the... <sighs> The house we're building. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Time to sleep.